all sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Patrick freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken. The Spoken. Ladies and gentlemen. Well, we're moving on this is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Footwell. Here inside the Spoken Studios, my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Episode 115 is in full swings, full motion. We are so glad to be here this week, guys. It has been a, a whirlwind of news coming through the NFL uh, in particular. There's been a lot of things going on in the MLB, mostly with a- Angel Hernandez and him keeping his name in the media for some damn reason, which is never a good thing when you have umpires that have their names in the and the mix of things that are going on and how games are decided. But you know what? We are here to talk about all of it. We have a jam-packed show, man. We have so much to get to tonight, guys. We are going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and what is going on with him, where we see him landing, where we see him going, because I do not personally believe he's going to stay in Green Bay, but we're going to get to that in just a second. We have the Eddie Hour, obviously. Cannot wait to unpack what Eddie's got going on in his mind this week in the world of sports. We have our guy from DNVR Sports and DNVR Broncos, Mr. Zach Stevens, a beat reporter for the Denver Broncos out there in Denver. Cannot wait to have him as he rejoins our show. I believe this is the third time he's actually been on the show with us. Um, Going to get his thoughts, man, because it is still a very widely considered or almost borderline assumed in Denver that they're going to land Aaron Rodgers. And I really want to get thoughts from Zach Stevens, who is in the know, his, his uh, ear is to the ground out there in, in the Colorado region, as to what is going on with that potential. And uh, we're going to have him in here shortly. we got the mailbag from you guys, the, the the weekly listeners, what you guys have for us. We're going to be handing out some L's at the end of the show. But I want to start with something in particular, and it is by far the biggest news story in the world of sports right now, at least in American sports. We can sit here and break down uh, the L that those teams took that try to make that Super League out there in, uh, in, in, the, in the soccer land. But, you know, we're not going to start there. We're going to start here a little bit more regionalized when it comes to the NFL and, and, and one of the biggest – uh, predominant stars in Aaron Rodgers. Now, I have been very vocal over the last several weeks when it comes to what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. I do fully anticipate and believe that since the day that Jordan Love, since the day that the Packers traded up and got Jordan Love in last year's draft, this relationship was doomed to fail. And I think even before that, you started to see the tread falling off the tires between uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And there's, there's many, many instances and many, many reasons as to why I believe, you know, we've, we've been led to where we are now when it comes to Rodgers and, and this, this uh, disgruntled, uh, torn up relationship that they have uh, together. And, you know, I can sit here and break down the theory as to, as to who is right and who is wrong. I'm always naturally a person that takes the player's side because I think that oftentimes it's one-sided. It's a one-sided argument, and it's a one-sided standard when it comes to loyalty and things of that nature, because when teams are ready to get rid of a guy, they don't hesitate. They trade him, they cut him, they do whatever they need to do to get rid of him. When it comes to the player side and them wanting mobility, people oftentimes criticize the player for wanting exactly what the, what the, what the teams and the leagues and themselves get to practice almost on a daily basis. So I started to theorize because 
naturally, whenever you hear about a big name or a name in, in any regard when it comes to athletes, you hear about potential landing spots, about where they could potentially go afterwards, you know, their next move. And anybody that knows anything about the NFL knows that Aaron Rodgers would automatically change a franchise. And that also goes for a team that he would depart from. Whether Jordan Love ends up becoming anything at all, which, you know, he has talent. We don't know what he's going to end up becoming. We didn't know what Aaron Rodgers was going to be when Brett Favre ultimately left back in 08. Aaron Rodgers, to me, is a guy that can change not only a franchise, but change an entire conference. He's still that good. Even at 37, soon to be 38 years Reigning old. MVP. He, he, he had an, his best season of his career just last season. He was one play away from the Super Bowl. And now we're sitting here looking at potential destinations. And I told the guys a couple weeks or a couple days ago, I said, guys, get these ready. Get these lists ready because I think there are some potential suitors for Aaron Rodgers that no one, maybe a few, are really looking at seriously that I think he fits. And I want to give you the standards of what I base this list off of. So I told the guys, I want to get the five destinations that you guys think Aaron Rodgers could potentially land. Now, there's different reasons as to how he could get there or why he would get there. Mm. So my what I'm basing this off of is best fit to win and tradeability, which means it also makes sense for the Packers. The market recently came out. There's been a lot of um, um, reporters that have come out and talked about the value that an Aaron Rodgers trade would entail. According to what they're talking, it's two first-round picks and a, a future second-round pick. That's not a lot when you consider the value that Aaron Rodgers is and, and I believe will be for the next at least two to three years. Mm-hmm. So let me start with Eddie here. Um, I know I've already heard, I've already seen your guys' list just so I can understand. And usually we do things on the fly on the show, but this is something I felt like was unique and I wanted to get an idea and a sense of where you guys were at, and then you guys can hear where I'm coming from. So, Eddie – if you have reasons as to why you have these spots, cool. Otherwise, you just list it off. And these don't have to be in particular order as far as where you think the ultimate is. It's just five teams that you think he fits and makes sense for both parties as far as the Packers and that team to make a trade. All right. <clears throat> First, I got the Packers. <clears throat> and why do I say the Packers? Uh, I, I The Packers in, in this situation had the edge over uh, Aaron Rodgers. The only way out for Rodgers either – if the Rogers, uh, if the Packers agree to a trade, which they already said and stated that they won't trade Aaron Rodgers, so his only way out would be to retire of the uh, of the NFL. Now, if Aaron Rodgers was to retire, he would have to pay eleven point five million dollars back of of uh, his signing bonus that he signed for this new contract that he's still in. And if he remains retired, he has to pay another 11.5 from next year. So that's a total of $23 million that Aaron Rodgers has to pay back to the organization mm-hmm. before he can, you know, be free and sign with uh, somebody else, let's say. That's why I say the Packers. I think I think Aaron Rodgers has no control over his future in this in this instance. I, I think the that Packers can be dicks and just, you know, uh, they're probably going to be like, yeah, we don't care if we don't get anything in two years, but – you're not leaving. So that's why I picked the Packers at, at like him staying with the Packers. You think it makes more sense for the Packers to to play hardball like that and just let him retire or to try to get what they can for him? I think it makes more sense for them to try to trade him instead of just letting him retire. Then they're without him. And he I mean, yeah, they I think they could just for me, I think they could just 
not worry about the money too much because him paying $11 million just to retire doesn't help them very much. They'd rather get some players and some picks. Huh? $23 million. Well, totally if he stays retired. But I'm yeah. saying he could retire and go play somewhere else, come back and play somewhere else. He could do that. Well, he – because Brett Favre did that same thing. Yeah, it's two years. Well, he has to he has to get released from this contract. If not, he has to pay the twenty three million. I just, so, all I'm saying is, I think it's more advantageous for the Packers to probably try try to trade him and get something for him rather than letting him retire and getting some money from him. Like I just and if that I, was I, if that was the case, I mean, obviously the Packers are on your list. But yeah. There's obviously four other teams that you could foresee yes, yes. him going. So what other four teams would you see if there was a break? In your theory of him staying with the Packers because of those financial reasons. Yeah. Uh, I would say San Francisco. It's my other one. Uh, why do I say San Francisco? Uh, because they have the assets they can trade for him. Uh, obviously, with them drafting uh, Trey Lance, uh, you know, trying to mold him to become that that next, <coughs> I guess, the next MVP of the league, you know, trying to trying to mold him, trying to make, trying to build him and all that stuff. And what better than to, to be behind Aaron Rodgers and learn that, you know, learn from one of the greats mm. uh that's only going to make you even better if you actually pay attention you actually do what you know what you're told and stuff like that so that can benefit the, the 49ers in in many ways because they're in win ready mode right now with this roster they're a quarterback away from contending for the super bowl they had the roster so that's why i say the san francisco 49ers are, are another uh another great fit for him and then i got miami as another destination for uh, Aaron Rodgers, why I say Miami because, like I said, they have the ad, uh, they have the assets also to to be able to trade for Aaron Rodgers, and they're also in that win now mentality. They have one of the best defenses in the league, and if they can build from what they did last year, this team can be a Super Bowl contending team next season just by adding Aaron Rodgers. Next, I have uh, Washington, the Washington Football Team. Uh, we saw what they did last year with uh, a broken quarterback and a quarterback from the uh, fuck was that the Rocks League, the XFL. Tyler Henneke. Tyler Henneke. We saw what what the what the Washington Football Team they they brought it to the Bucks. You know they were they were pretty close to to taking the taking the Bucks down. <clears throat> so they them adding uh, Aaron Rodgers that experience that veteran presence uh, it's only going to lift that team because of what they did last year. They made it to the playoffs. Yeah, shitty conference, uh, shitty division. But they that that's a big boost, you know, having that MVP quarterback, having you know coming out of his great uh, one of his greatest seasons and going straight to a team that that can potentially contend with a good quarterback uh, to, for a deep run in the playoffs. I don't think they'll be Super Bowl worthy, but they'll be a deep uh, a deep playoff team. And then lastly, I have Denver. Why do I have Denver? It's just that that beautiful Cinderella story. I think uh, attached with Peyton Manning, what Peyton Manning kind of did. Uh, a few years back, going from Indianapolis to Denver, uh, obviously one of the they always seem to have a great defense, and this offense is only getting better. Yeah, there's there, there's a little holes here and there in that offense, but with Aaron Rodgers' presence, this can be a deadly tr- uh, team that that can contend. And in the AFC West, obviously Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert are still in this division, but. I, I think the Broncos could could you know sneak sneak there and make it to the playoffs and do a deep push. Mm. Yeah, I mean my list is pretty similar. Um, I'll just I'll just piggyback off your last one with Denver. I'll just go that one first. Denver's on my list for the obvious reasons. Um, there's been the most rumblings around Denver as far as the uh, ties to Aaron Rodgers, um, and I think 
that front office has been aggressive with getting retread quarterbacks, you know, um, bringing guys in. And, I, you know, them bringing in Teddy Bridgewater um, is just a filler guy, too, I think, just to compete. I don't think he's their guy. I don't think they wanted to go get him for, you know, to be the guy. To, but I think he's just competition for for Drew Locke. Um, but if they went and got Aaron Rodgers, it wouldn't surprise anyone, I don't think, because this is what they did. They did it with Peyton Manning, like you said. Um, I think it'd be a good spot for him to. He, they would be a good team. They have they already have a good roster. They have a lot of young offensive weapons and a, and a fairly good defense. That I think could be a, you know top ten going in the next year. I believe in that defense. I think they have a lot of good um, you know Bradley Chubbs and those guys. I think they have a good young core over there. Um, but. I don't think that's the best spot for him, but I think that is one of the more likely ones. Granted, he's going to be in second place in this division, so it doesn't really matter, but it'd be a good spot for him to, you know, have fun offensively. There's a lot of young speedsters over there offensively. Um, Also, I have San Fran. I like San Fran. I think Aaron Rodgers, that makes the most sense for him to go win now. Um, He's from from that area. It makes a lot of sense. They're obviously the – the main team reaching out and, and the, you know, the, with the, all the tampering talks going on about how green Bay was upset about them, you know, trying to, to get Aaron Rodgers to, to come that way uh, before the draft and all that. And even during the draft, I guess there was a lot of, they were trying to claim like collusion and tampering and all that. Um, San Fran's probably the best, best spot top to bottom roster for him to go to. Um, they have really, really good weapons all around defensively and offensively uh, him and Shanahan's offense would be, something fun to watch uh that would be insane and like with the trey lance um thing too him learning from aaron Rodgers would just be a great passing of the torch once aaron Rodgers out of there after a couple seasons it would be a great spot um because i don't think trey lance is a start for a year a year one starter in my mind i think he does need to kind of adapt to the, to the nfl a little bit um coming from a smaller school and less experience um so aaron Rodgers fit over there would be perfect to be that that guy to go in there and possibly go win a chip. It's a great spot for him to go compete for a chip. Uh, and in my mind, the best spot. I also have a Washington football team. I think him and Coach Rivera would also be a great fit. That's another. I think it's perfect for Aaron Rodgers to go to a team that already has a really good, solidified, solid defense. And Washington and San Fran are those two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, he does have. They do have weapons over there too. Um, I think they did. They just get Curtis Samuel, Washington. Yeah, they yeah. Did. So they got Curtis Samuel. They have a. Um, Gosh, dang, what's the other star receiver over there? Um, uh, no. Receiver? Yeah, I always forget his name, man. Really, really good young receiver over there. God dang it. I always forget his name. Super stud. Um, anyways. Gibson? No, 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 no. The receiver. Oh, oh, yeah. Man, I cannot. No, I cannot think of his name. Um, but anyways, they have good weapons over there. Really, really well-coached team. They have a pheno- they have some phenomenal defensive pieces over there. So for him to go over there, it would be a great spot for him to compete. Um, and honestly – Washington needs to save face a lot. So if they bring over, you know, a guy like Aaron Rodgers that can immediately put them in the double-digit win column, that would be huge for Washington. Because uh, anywhere Aaron Rodgers goes, he's going to immediately make that offense that much better. So all you really need to figure out is how to stop the other teams from scoring. Aaron Rodgers typically will get it done offensively. We've seen him get it done offensively numerous times with, with shitty weapons in Green Bay for years. Um, so Washington, obviously, uh, Miami. Um, I do like Miami. I think that's another loaded roster. A lot of young players, a lot of thirsty players that are wanting to win. They were teased last year. There was a lot of strange up and downs last year. They started off really slow, but then they took off midseason and really didn't look back. Um, I think a lot of fans were flustered by the change of the quarterback rotation. Um, I think a lot of them wanted Fitzpatrick to finish the season and and, and continue to be the starter from the, when he, the way he was playing most of the year. He played really, really well. So I think if, if Miami got Aaron Rodgers, that would be probably more hyped than any other team that would get him. Cause I think Miami would just be those fans are just 
thirsty for a star quarterback. And I think Aaron Rodgers would just have that. I think that would be the most fun destination for him, honestly, in that division with that, with, with, you know, with, with coach over there. Um, I think that'd just be a great spot for him. And that, that defense is maybe the best in the league. Miami was insane last year defensively. So if they get Aaron Rodgers on the other side of that, that's a tough team to beat in my mind. And then finally I have new Orleans. Um, I know a lot of people weren't talking about New Orleans, and but if you think about it, it's kind of a perfect situation for New Orleans, I think, because they're, they're going into the year with what? Jameis Winston, more than likely going to be their starter. If they can flip Jameis Winston to somewhere else, package a deal together with Jameis Winston, send him off to you know, send him off to Denver, you know, something like that, maybe a three-team deal where both teams win. Because if Denver gets Jameis Winston, that's a win for, for Denver, I believe, too. And if they can ship off some other pieces, make things work, maybe a couple picks in a three-team trade, I think New Orleans would be a great spot for Aaron Rodgers, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and then that Saints defense that's still very well intact in my mind. Um, Aaron Rodgers could finish his career playing in a dome most of his games, you know, this next couple of seasons. I think it's ideal for him. Um, I don't think I don't think anybody's really talking about it. It's probably not going to happen, but I think for him to go win somewhere, I think that's his best spot to go win. You just don't have the cap for him. That's what. They, but I'm saying they could make that work with some. They don't necessarily need that though. I know he's worth money right now, but Green Bay would still be having to pay him if he's in the league. Still having to pay some of that contract. Actually, the majority of it. So I'm just thinking that the the dome, the Superdome is. A, I mean, for him to for Aaron Rodgers to go instead of playing in these cold ass games every year, these rainy wet games out there in Wisconsin, him to have a change of scenery in a dome for half of the season, half of his games. I think that's an ideal spot for Aaron Rodgers. You to think go. the Colts are saying fuck? Oh man, well I think Carson Wentz is gonna have a solid year in my mind, but yeah, the Colts will be an incredible spot. But they've already made their dude, move. Aaron Rodgers and the Colts, dude. That would be yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> um. So when I when I got those lists from you guys, I I, I actually agreed with a couple of them uh, because of the fact that I think that yes, in a, in a fit aspect, it does make a lot of sense. Uh, the idea of Aaron Rodgers pairing up with Sean Payton would be incredible. Michael Thomas, Al Kamara, would, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Jesus, be Christ. stupid awesome. Um, my list is going to be really different than your guys's though, and it's and the, and I'm going to give reasons as to why. Um, so again, these are not like in order. Um, there are some fits I like better and some that make more sense than others. But these are the teams that I came up with. Uh, off the top, um, a team that I think would make a, a lot of sense uh, for everybody is the New York Giants. Um, a, a young, talented roster uh, led by a gritty head coach that looks to have the attention and respect of his team. Uh, the Giants are a team that could legitimately be a quarterback away from not only winning a very winnable NFC East, but also legitimately contending for the NFC uh, I mean, Rodgers would be everything that the Giants would need to get over the hump while also providing Rodgers with a legacy-building type of winning. Uh, and, and to me, Rodgers wants to be on the on the West Coast, or at least we've heard this. He wants to be back home. Uh, and that's not exactly the same direction when you're talking about New York. But as a competitor, along with a superstar on and off the field, New York is one of the meccas of, of, of being a superstar so I think that the that would be one of the few exceptions for Aaron Rodgers if he doesn't get to go to the West Coast, going to the far end of the East Coast and being in the number one market in all of America seems pretty ideal for him. And, and it's hard to it, it, it's hard to beat New York in a destination for both football and, like I said, on the off field side of things. And if we're being honest here, man, there are a few rosters as a whole in the NFC side that. 
he could win immediately with. They're a make-ready type of team. And again, Joe Judge having the attention and the respect of his team with Saquon Barkley coming back and with them adding depth to the offensive side with already having a top five to ten defense. And again, that division, that makes so much sense to me. Evan Ingram. Yeah, you and you can package Daniel Jones to the Packers and he can have a competition with him and Jordan Love to see who your future quarterback's going to be. You can hand off a ton of picks. Oh, like, really? And, and too, just to yeah. push back on that, not push back on it, but kind of just piggyback off what you're saying already – Green Bay is going to be the one trading Aaron Rodgers. It's not Aaron Rodgers is out here just choosing no. where he wants to go. And he has That's no trade clause. Right. So he doesn't have a no trade clause. Right. So he doesn't really have a say in where he goes. Yeah. So New York, I mean, I, I don't think the Packers are going to want to send Aaron Rodgers somewhere where he's going to go win and stick it to him. But here's the thing. That's if he goes to the Saints, it's the same thing that would happen. Oh, I know. That's yeah. why my list was a little unrealistic with the Saints. I don't think it's going to happen. But I'm just thinking my, – my, I based my list basically off where I think he would win. Because Aaron Rodgers ideally would want to go to an experienced coach like a Sean Payton or a Ron Rivera – I don't think he'd want to go to a Joe Judge. I don't think he'd want to go to a bunch of young, unexperienced Joe Judge. Well, I mean, the, the Giants rosters are a bunch of young, unexperienced guys. I don't think I think Aaron Rodgers would rather go to a Saints uh, or you know another team with a bunch of experienced coaches and players. But the Giants would be fun. It'd be entertaining. Now, I think that the Packers are, in a, in a realistic sense, are going to want to move him to the AFC side of things. You know, where where you're getting him as far away from you as possible yeah. when you totally the Packers' choice here. Yeah, the yeah. possibility you facing it at worst in the Super Bowl. Right. They lose Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to the Super Bowl Absolutely. anytime soon. That's where the Browns fall on my list. I like it. Okay, man. I almost put them on mine. Yeah, they yeah. they just picked up Baker Mayfield's fifth year option. Right. Right. And and I'm I'm reading. I, I read all week long. I read. <laughs> Uh, Dog Pound Daily, all the writers, all the beat writers in Cleveland, they're literally trying to convince themselves that keeping Baker Mayfield would be the better option. I like Baker. I like Baker, too. You're talking about going from a top 15 quarterback to a top three at worst quarterback. Still very much playing at his best. There's no question that you obviously would take that trade if you're the Browns. I mean, we're kidding ourselves here if you're actually trying to combat that. I mean, they're looking at age. It's John Dorsey too, man. Again, with where we're at now, with medical advancements, technology, things like that, you're seeing quarterbacks playing further into their careers at a higher rate. You're seeing a lot more guys playing into their late 30s where it's almost assumed at this point. Like Matt Ryan, they're saying he's on the decline. The dude just threw for 4,600 yards. I mean, and he's 35, 36 years old. He's got another three or four years left in him. So my point in this is that, yes, Baker is about 11 years younger than Aaron Rodgers, but are you really going to tell me right now over the next three years you would take Baker Mayfield over Aaron Rodgers if you were starting a team? Absolutely, Absolutely not. And, again, in regards to Baker, because that's the centerpiece of this type of trade, you would – I mean, the Packers would – of all the quarterbacks that you could potentially trade to the Packers, Baker would be one of the best that they could probably get out of a trade. Yeah. So you're talking about oh, yeah. you have – Two to three years left of control on Baker Mayfield. He wouldn't even be in his 30s when you have to give him an extension That yet. defense, man. Yeah, and, and then they have a talented roster on both sides along with eight picks in the 2022 draft. They could fuck around with all those picks if they really wanted to if they had to get that serious. Then the Packers could get a proven Baker Mayfield plus an additional piece and a number of draft picks in return while shipping Rodgers to the AFC, which, again, is ideal. The reason this makes for Aaron Rodgers, this makes so much sense for Rodgers is the fact that the AFC North is also very winnable. We're talking about the AFC East, NFC East. I know the Ravens are going to be a good team. We have no idea what the Steelers are going to be. The Bengals are still at least a year away. It is primed and ready to go for the Browns. And if you give them an elite quarterback, they, I would almost I would almost guarantee they win that division. I'm just thinking Aaron Rodgers and OBJ together. That's yes, scary. that's what I'm saying. That scary. It's scary as fuck to think because the Browns Jesus are already Christ. getting love with but, Baker. Yeah. You add Aaron Rodgers oh, to that yeah. equation. How is OBJ coming back though? 
Is he going to come back? He's being still on the, the same... contract. No, but I'm saying, he's going to come back being the same player he was before the injury? Or... No, I mean, that's that's up for debate. We can talk about that. The, I'm saying that you you do pair a healthy OBJ just in an ideal in an ideal world. You pair him up with one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live, still playing at the top of his game. OBJ is going to have a career year. And you still have Landry. You yeah, can't forget Jarvis about Exactly. Yeah, too, right. And that run game, the, the horses they have in that backfield, are you kidding me? That offensive line, and not to mention maybe the best front seven in football outside of the Buccaneers. Yeah. I, it, that would, that's a Super Bowl team. That They would legitimately give the Chiefs a run for their money if they got Aaron Rodgers. If I'm the, they if they I'm gave us Brown, a fight with Baker this past season. If I'm the Browns, I stay with Baker, though. Now, the next team I have is an, in the NFC as well, and it, it was on both of your guys' lists, and I think this might be the fit of all fits, the most realistic of all fits, if we're being honest here. And it is the Washington football team. I This is the, this has been a team, and also I was, I was told a little uh, – I was given something off the grapevine this week that the, the Washington football team have been the most aggressive team in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes over your guys' Denver Broncos. The Washington football team have been offering the, the Packers now for three to four weeks now, multiple first-round picks. So this, to me, might be the dark horse that no one's really given a lot of attention to. Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, the wide receiver you're talking dude, about. That yeah. kid is a stud, Absolute stud. Bro. And yeah. like I said, he's got Curtis Samuel. He reminds me a lot of OBJ, young OBJ. And if he's we've seen legit. Aaron Rodgers play this well with just Devontae Adams, yeah. you give him two you know, young studs like they, they do in Washington yeah. with Ron the, Rivera. Yeah, man. I'm going to say it, guys. I think Washington's going to have the best defense in football the next, this next yeah. season. Chase with Chase Young. Young and those guys. I mean, that, you want to talk about a, a year two, stellar, Chase Young. scary. And, and again, you talked about coaching, Trevor, which I 100% agree yeah, with. He needs a veteran coach. <laughs> There are, what, five coaches in the league you can definitively say are better than Ron Rivera? Right. Maybe five? You give Aaron Rodgers that type of coaching, that type of credence and cachet at the coaching that level, defense. and again, you're going to the NFC East. And here's the other thing, guys. Washington can give up all the draft capital they need. They have pieces they can trade away. They can give up uh, the defensive tackle, uh, Matt Loanitis. They can yeah. give him up. Well, like I said, what else What else, What else? What else? better way for the Washington with all the drama that's been going on over there the last couple of seasons? Mm-hmm. What other better way to, for them to save face and to win 12 games this year with Aaron Rodgers? You can, you can, yes, you can th- also throw in a veteran quarterback that's yeah. been a journeyman, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, and say, hey, he can be Jordan Love's backup, or he can start for the Packers for a year and let Jordan Love continue to build whatever the case is, yeah. whatever Packers would want to do. The Washington football team would give them a hell of a trade, very competitive to anybody else's offer. And again, this makes sense for both sides. And I think, guys, if I was to take a vote right now, which most the most, most likely trade uh, opportunity for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and another team would be, I think it's Washington. I think this is the most likely. More than, more than Denver? Yes. And, and I'm going to get to that in a second, guys. My next team, I only, obviously I have two left. The Miami Dolphins, I, I, I 100%. This one makes so much sense. I mean, you're talking about swinging over the AFC, playing with a talented roster, and the Miami Dolphins can give up a shit ton, and they wouldn't even feel it. They got so much to offer any team right now they want to trade for. The whole Tua Tagovailoa thing, I get it, but I think that the Dolphins have shown that they don't have a lot of confidence in what he's able to do. And with them having a limited roster from a talent perspective on the offensive side, they're going to need to advance their upgrade at quarterback. I don't think they can make, they can do any type of run in the playoffs with Tua Tagovailoa as the offense is currently constructed. You add Aaron Rodgers to that offense, you give him a couple of Gusecki and these other guys, that team can get to the AFC Championship. That team is that good. And again, you're talking about a top ten head coach in Brian Flores, oh, yeah. and in a division that is also very winnable. The Buffalo Bills are awesome, but if you put Aaron Rodgers on that Dolphins team, I'm picking them to win that division yes, without hesitation. Yeah. Picking them to win that division. That is a very likely destination for me. That's probably my number it's two. Miami. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? You're talking about going to warm weather, Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he wants to go to the coast on the west side. Yeah. But if you can go down to 
And again, this isn't me trying to be Mr. Hot Take here. I, I really thought this one through because it makes sense for all parties. And this is my entire approach here, guys. It's not about, well, Aaron Rodgers would love to play with this team. or It's not about that. It's not just about that. Let me put it like that. Because I want to I'm, – I'm rooting that Aaron lands on a great team, gets an opportunity to contend for titles. I would. I, I want to see that. I would love to see a Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl. But this is a team that's in the AFC. And this is a team that's been knocking on the door for some time now that has been held back theoretically and, if you're being honest, if we're all being honest here, has been held back by their quarterback position. I'm talking about the Baltimore Ravens. I truly believe the Baltimore Ravens, if they had any balls, they make this trade. The Packers would line up for this trade. You're getting Lamar Jackson in a return trade. And Lamar Jackson, guys, we can sit here and talk about how great Lamar is, but let's be honest here. We all know what he's Lamar Jackson be, is. He's never going to be Aaron Rodgers, not even at this point. And, yeah. and, and how many times have we seen this Ravens team who has been primed and ready to get to an AFC championship can't even get there because he can't make the throws. They just drafted more offensive weapons. I understand that I understand Lamar is only 24 years old. He just turned 24. So from an age perspective, it sounds ridiculous. But you team John Harbaugh with Pat with, with Aaron Rodgers. In that division, again, we're talking about swinging from either the Browns getting Aaron Rodgers and how they would be the prohibitive favorites in the AFC North to the Ravens getting Aaron Rodgers. Like, you, I understand, guys, that Lamar Jackson is a human highlight reel. He is fun as hell to watch. He makes some of those athletic plays we've ever seen in the history of football when it comes to a quarterback. But he has his limitations, and I don't think they're changing. I think we've seen the best of Lamar Jackson, and it's not good enough. So if I'm the Ravens, knowing I have two years left to control on, on Lamar Jackson, you have Aaron Rodgers for three years left on his contract, this is a perfect trade. I don't think it's perfect for the Packers. I don't think the Packers would want Lamar. The, I don't think the Packers would want Lamar Jackson. I don't think LaFleur. I don't think he fits LaFleur's system. I get it. I get They're it. very I'm, conservative. I'm saying, I'm saying from a, from a, from a uh, lessen the blow to your fan base, you're getting a superstar quarterback, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. In return, Baker Mayfield would be a hell of a trade. You get Lamar Jackson, your fans are like, well, I mean, it's we could have done worse. Like you're gonna you're gonna convince your fan base if you get a top ten quarterback, which Lamar Jackson, without question, it is. You get a top you ten think, quarterback. You think Baltimore is that much more scary with Aaron Rodgers than Lamar Jackson? Because that that team has been winning games a lot of times due to his legs, not because of their offensive weapons. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it from the end of the season perspective. Yes, because the de- defense is not that good. You're gonna get twelve okay. wins a year with Lamar Jackson. He's just too fucking yeah. good. He's yeah. too great of an athlete. When it comes to the playoffs. Who would I rather have, Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson? I think the Steelers. Give me Lamar, I think the give Steelers me, is a give better spot, but I mean that's not gonna happen either. That's not gonna happen. I don't, right. I don't even right. pencil right. it in. And so that is the team that no one's talking about. But if again, if I'm the Ravens and Aussie Newsom has been as ballsy as any GM has ever been, if I was them, I'm like, look, let's just be real here, guys. Let's put all the chips on the table. We know what we got in Lamar Jackson. Can we all, in a consensus, agree? that it's good enough to get us to a Super Bowl. He can't even beat Patrick Mahomes in the in the regular season. He is 0-3, and, and they've gotten molly-whopped in two of them. Yeah, most, the Chiefs have absolutely owned him in two Pat of those Mahomes. games. Huh? <laughs> I said most can't beat Patrick Mahomes in the postseason. My point, though, is, is if, you have, if you have John Harbaugh, who's been there now, what, 15, 16 years as their head coach. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is, I think, his 15th season. And you have all these great rosters, and you just continue to come up short and come up short and come up short and lose in dramatic fashion. Eventually, you have to move on. 
That'd be absolutely shocking. It would be human. And again, I I know this trade. The fans will be in an uproar because they love Lamar out there, man. Yeah, this trade's not going to happen, guys. The the Ravens are going to stick with Lamar. They're going to convince themselves they can win with Lamar, and they're going to do what they do. Then they see them throw the football in the regular season. I'm just saying, if I'm the Ravens, I'm like, look, we'll give you Lamar Jackson. We'll give you a first-round pick and a second-round pick. Give us Aaron Rodgers. Oh, if I'm Baltimore, I'd do it. Yeah. Because I don't believe in the future of Lamar Jackson. I think the Packers would take that one. Over all these other trades, because again, you're getting a 24 year old Lamar Jackson with a first round pick and a second round pick. Might as well just throw the cheese in there. I just Lamar Jackson as a Packer just does not. That's that makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> I just, just that sounds like a terrible pairing in my mind. But Lamar Jackson would he would put asses in the seats. But I mean, so does Aaron Rodgers. And, and I know we got our guy Zach Stevens coming up in the third the third segment, and he obviously knows Denver football. And you guys so know you, you don't have Denver I don't have Denver list. on this list at all. Sheesh. And and we're gonna get Zach to come on here and maybe prove me wrong here, but the reason I don't have the Broncos on here, it's a multitude of reasons. But let, let's just break down the most simple of them. I don't believe that the, the the Broncos have enough to trade for Aaron Rodgers, first of all, because I think a quarterback has to be a part of it. Yeah, they could be and, t- Teddy B. They could ship off Teddy B. And package I, I, him. I can't imagine the Packers are going to agree to a trade that has Teddy Bridgewater Teddy Bridgewater part of Aaron Rodgers' a trade. Springs Packer to me. Teddy Bridgewater would be much more of a Packer in my mind than it, like, I mean, how much different is he than Baker? They're typical yeah. pocket-passing quarterbacks, not very mobile. Like, they're decently mobile. They, they'll throw, you know, 4,023. Him and Baker are like the same type of player, and, man. And, and also, like, again, you're talking about a roster in Denver that doesn't have what I would believe to be a team that can turn the tide. I think, if you yeah. you have the third-best roster in the, in the division right now, okay? Mm-hmm. You have – and, again, you're talking about the coaching perspective or Rodgers' side of this thing – and again, he doesn't have much so say in this. I'm saying this is the Packers making the choice. Going to Vic Fangio. It, yeah. it, to me, this would be honestly. I'm going to be real with you guys, and, and we can talk to Zach about this in a second. I think this would be one of uh, Aaron Rodgers' worst trade up possibilities. That's insane, but like it's not really like Aaron Rodgers out here making the phone calls. Yeah, the I know. I'm just saying, like from his from a fit perspective, the Packers wanted to fuck Aaron Rodgers the most. They could probably send him to Denver. Yeah. Even though Denver's a nice destination, but for him to go win, and it's I'm not the honest, best I'm going to be honest with you guys. I know the, the Broncos' name has been out there, and I think the two biggest reasons I think why, they're aggressive. Well, this is there's the two biggest reasons. We actually have no confirmation that the Broncos are actually pursuing him actively. We've heard we've heard rumblings. We've heard people say, well, I think because it makes sense. Here's the two reasons we that, why. We know they want to battle a quarterback. And they want to find a guy. Sure. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not even saying the Broncos aren't going after him. For more than likely, they are. They I'm should. saying the two, the two yeah. biggest reasons why. They passed up on Justin Fields in the draft, and everyone's just saying, oh, they passed up on a quarterback, they so, Aaron so therefore they're, they want Aaron Rodgers. Right. And the second one, because of Peyton Manning. Nine years ago, they tri- they went and signed Peyton Manning when he, w- he was cut by the Colts. And they went and got him. So everyone just assumes, mm. oh, so the Broncos are just going to go get the next great quarterback. That's not always the case, man. That's not how this usually works. But with John Elway's track record, that's why it, it would make, <laughs> make sense if John Elway went after him. But though. here's the thing: John Elway's no longer making the decisions. Yeah, that's true. Peyton, the it's, guy, ironically, the GM they say. Peyton. I still think he's pulling a lot of strings. And, and, and again, if anything we've heard from reporters, and again, Zach Zach Stevens is going to be on here in a second. The only thing I've heard from actual reporters, like feet and ears on the ground, are saying is that they were they would be hopeful for this, but there's actually no evidence that the Broncos are actively pursuing this trade. Just like we, everybody assumed the Broncos were taking a quarterback in the draft because they were ninth overall, and Justin Fields is sitting there. They go and take Patrick Sertan the second. Yeah. I think we all know Aaron Rodgers' best spot to win, and it's to come to KC and be Pat's backup so he can have the, <laughs> he can ride the pine to the Super well, Bowl. I mean, and, and before we take a break on this, guys, because I know we got a lot more show to go get to, 
The thing also when it comes to the 49ers, because that would have been by far the most perfect spot Absolutely. in all regards. The Niners would have given up a shit time. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, Aaron Rodgers have been great. He gets to go back home. Him and George Kittle right? and Debo Samuel. Oh, yeah. my goodness. It's not happening. Yeah. And the reason why it's not happening is because, one, the Niners already tried to trade for Aaron, for Aaron Rodgers. They're in the doghouse. That the pa- yeah, the Packers yeah. turned him down. So now the, the Niners can just lowball him. Second of all, guys, I understand that Trey Lance is probably not going to start this season. They took him third overall. Look, He's not sitting multiple seasons. The Garoppolo. So, if, if they move Garoppolo, though, I think there's a chance they could package a three-team deal with the Patriots or something. I but think, whichever team trades for Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be the Green Bay doesn't want to trade him there anyways. Yeah, that's he's, not... he's going to be their quarterback for at least three seasons. Yeah, because he's under contract for three more years, and his yeah. cap hits are too big for you right. to try to move off of it. So the Niners now, and as currently, if they wouldn't have taken Trey Lance and say they took Kyle Pitts, I would sit here and say, guys, the Niners are getting Aaron Rodgers. It makes too much sense. They trade Garoppolo, multiple picks, all this stuff. Aaron Rodgers is the next quarterback for the 49ers. It's not happening now because they just took Trey Lance, number three overall. Yeah. He is if going they were to, confident they are going to get him, they wouldn't have gotten Trey at Lance. At the latest, Trey Lance is the starting quarterback for the Niners in 2022. That is the latest. For sure, I believe So Aaron Rodgers is not going to 49er land for one year. No. That's just not happening. So wherever he goes, he is the quarterback for the future. For the foreseeable future, the Niners just put way too much on Trey Lance. They traded up nine spots to get him. They traded multiple first-round picks to get him. So that's not happening. It would be great. I would have loved to have seen it. It's not happening. So the listening audience, everyone that's been listening to this segment as we've been going on and on and on about our five fits for Aaron Rodgers and for the Packers, what makes the most sense in a trade for Aaron Rodgers, let us know what you guys think. Our Twitter handle is at the Spoken Pod. Hit us up on Facebook as well, just the Spoken. It's a group. You guys can join us. And let us know who you think is the most likely destinations for quarterback Aaron Rodgers for the 2021 season. I'm excited. Regardless of where he goes, man, I, I'm just ready to see it happen. Yeah. And I, I understand Eddie had the Packers still on his lead. list. I think that relation, because you, you, I don't know if you guys have been hearing the recovery pieces that J, uh, J, uh, James Jones and uh, uh, A.J. Hawk and all his former teammates are putting out there. They're all trying to go out there and save face because, yeah. you know, all the reports have been coming out. Oh, no, Aaron, they can fix this relationship. They can fix this. It's all this Bro, is Brett Favre even came out and man. smashed all that. Yeah, Brett, Brett Favre's coming out about it. I mean, we can say what we want about Brett Favre, but Brett Favre's coming out and talking about because he knows him and Aaron Rodgers still have a good relationship. They know each other very, very well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, dude. They, I mean, yeah, of course, they still keep in touch. But yeah, for from Brett, Brett Favre coming out talking about this is a serious, this is a serious issue because of Aaron, the way Aaron Rodgers holds a grudge. And when you when you cross Aaron Rodgers like that, you know he's going to hold that grudge for good reason. He's not going to let it go. Now that Rodgers has officially come out and yeah. had people speak, which for he's him, never really done like it's that, over. Yeah, it's, it's over. It's yeah. over. And I told you guys from the beginning when when I saw they traded up for Jordan Love in the first round last year, yeah. it's, this is over. I it, felt it too, man. This is over. Yeah. They bet on themselves. I don't Disrespect. blame. I don't blame the Packers for trying to have a contingency plan. Yeah, but don't backpedal now. Yeah. Like, oh, we want Aaron here. Oh, he's our quarterback. Yeah. No, he's don't, not. Yeah. And, but I will tell you guys a little angle on this. Theoretically, uh, the reason why I think the Packers are holding tight. To this whole stance, it isn't because they truly believe Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback. It's for trade. It's a trade bait. It's, hey, they really don't want to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. We're going to give you a deal you can't pass up. And that's what's going to happen. Someone's going to give up three first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers. That's what's going to happen. I'll slap him in the face. Any quarterback's chomping at the bit to be a starting quarterback in this league. That's the goal. So even if it's in Green Bay and it's not the best. I mean, who would who want to go play with Devontae Adams, though, too? That, it's, still a, it's still an attractive spot. But here's the problem, guys. I think there's a, I think there's a contingency plan in place for Rodgers. Guess, did you guys see what, just, what Tom Brady just did over this last of year? Of course, yeah. Tom Brady goes to Tampa, recruits all of his buddies. Yeah. Now they're all back again together after winning a Super Bowl. I think Rodgers is going to replicate that. I think wherever he goes – He's going to try and get Devontae Adams and some of his old teammates. Oh. Here's why. Here's No, check this out. Check this out. Devontae Adams is only one year left on his contract. He's 29 years old. 
I don't think the Packers are going to give him an extension. I think he's going to go and test free agency, and he's going to go wherever Aaron Rodgers is. I think that's what's going to happen. After this season, he's going to go and reunite with Aaron Rodgers in 2022. I think that's how this is going to go. I mean, that's the, he's him. Their their bond is super tight. He's he's made it clear he's the best teammate he's ever had, and they have a. I mean, that, and that now would, we've seen Brady and Gronk do this, and that would make sense in Denver to my in my mind because Denver has a lot of young offensive weapons and pieces that they can trade away. They can't stay healthy. <laughs> so, I mean, Devontae can't either. Devontae's hurt all the time too, man. But yeah. well, that's where we're gonna leave it because we got to get to our guy, Mr. Eddie Ortiz, in the Eddie Hour. I cannot wait to hear what he's got for us, guys. Stay tuned with us. We'll get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Spoken Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. And going back to Mr. Eddie Ortiz, it is the Eddie Hour, as we do each and every week, where he gives us some thoughts or gives actually asks some questions that he's burning on. It's like his own little personal mailbag. And uh, Trevor and I try to give us uh, give him our honest responses. So Eddie, what is in the Eddie Hour this week, my man? All right, man. This question hadn't written. I had not written it down. It's something that, you know, gone off of Twitter today and stuff like that. I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask this question. What are your thoughts about the whole drama that's carrying that Canelo Alvarez versus Billy Saunders fight uh, leading to tomorrow? Like that whole uh, Billy Saunders dad coming out saying that that, uh, the fight's canceled because Canelo does not want a bigger ring, even though they're fighting in uh, uh, Cowboy Stadium. and all this shit, and then uh, Billy Saunders pretty much saying that, you know, Canelo Alvarez likes that Mexican meat because I don't know if you guys know, but he tested positive for steroids, uh, I believe, two years ago, two, two three years ago, hmm. which he was suspended uh, from boxing for like six months, I think it was. Um, so all that drama has been building up for, for, for the fight tomorrow, and both Canelo and both uh, Canelo and Billy uh, Saunders were pretty much aggressive saying – they're going to get that knockout. Uh, one's undefeated. One's not. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I wanted to get your reaction on that. I mean, as far as the off, out of the out of the ring stuff is concerned, I usually don't pay attention to that too much because I feel a lot of the time that's to help pay-per-view sales. I feel like a lot of the stuff is not scripted but suggested. Um, the Billy Saunders, I feel like his dad probably just needs to stay in his own lane and, and let the let these guys do the talking because no one really cares about Mr. Saunders, if we're being honest here. I didn't even know that he has been saying stuff until you mentioned it. But as far as the reaction of the not being big enough and things like that, you want to talk about big enough. This is by far the biggest and probably will ever be the biggest fight that Billy Saunders ever fights. Unless he knocks Canelo out and becomes himself a, makes himself a self-proclaimed legend, this is going to be the apex of his career. So maybe we should just focus on being grateful for the opportunity you got as opposed to sitting here and trying to make it bigger than what it is, which is it already is big. Oh, it's- the ring. I know what you're not, I understand not, that. The complaints they're making, though, don't, to me, I don't care about. Because if Billy Saunders is worth his weight and is worth this fight, 
Those aren't things I feel like you should be focusing on. I don't feel like that's all that important at the end of the day. I feel it's the matchup. If you're a true competitor, if you're a true fighter, you'll fight in the back alley. You won't worry about the fucking size of the ring. I mean, how many people honestly argue about that shit? So is that the is ring, the, is the ring smaller about. than the average size? Uh, so they're doing 20, 20 foot, but they want a bigger ring because it's, it's a cowboy stadium. So they want a 22, 22 foot. So, I mean, it's, it's still a level playing ground, though. Like, what, yeah, is, it, I, what is it? They're both like, fighting the same size. Does is, is that give Canelo? some kind of advantage I, I, that's what that's what the dad was trying to say that it, it makes obviously it makes it smaller to where canelo has a look hey, I, wonder, it, it, I wonder if canelo's worried about the size of the water bottles they'll have for them on, when they're in their in their corners i like, mean it's like, it's, it's, like playing, it's like playing on a 90 yard football field but both teams are playing on exactly. the same field it's not like, like any team gets an advantage does this give any either of them that's i just i, I just want to know if there's some kind of advantage that gives canelo it sounds like a built-in excuse because if canelo goes in there and pieces Bro, this motherfucker canelo up, is gonna knock this dude he's, out. he's gonna beat him he's canelo calling, will I'm win this a, fight i'm calling a knockout canelo will win this. i don't know if it's gonna be a knockout i think he's gonna just win by decision i think it's gonna be just unanimous i got saunders bro we can put some money on this this is such a lopsided fight in my mind saunders has no saunders this to me sounds like a it's single the mile weekend, bro. Canelo's gonna go fucking ape shit on this guy. I'm so, telling okay, you right now. So, so in, in regards to the, the, your original question, like my thoughts on it, it, it to me is the most irrelevant aspect of this entire matchup. I don't think this should be, should be a talking point when it comes to the walk-in. Oh, we're literally less than what? We're a little over 24 hours away from this fight happening. I'm gonna miss and we're it. sitting here bitching about the size of the goddamn ring. Like, dude, worry about the fight, dude. We're sitting here. Remember Deontay Wilder when he was sitting there saying, oh, I got winded because I wore all that shit on the way to the ring. I wore a what transformer. Whose fault was that? That's a built-in excuse, bro. What was it? When a, he got his ass beat. He got his ass beat. Yeah. He got his ass beat in the first fight. He just happened to outlast him. Yeah. That's what happened. So and Wednesday, uh, Saunders didn't show up to the to – the, uh, was it like a press conference? The first meeting Scared. between Canelo and, uh, uh, and Saunders. Bro, he's knows, taking that L, baby. He's knows, taking gonna that L. mop this dude up. I'm telling you, dude. Baby, can't wait for I wish I could see it. We can put some money on it. We're watching this fight together, so you might as well might as well put some action. Canelo's gonna be crying. Eddie Intro will be. I'll be collecting for both you motherfuckers in the same month. All right. We're gonna stay in boxing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you guys know where I'm going with this. Last night or yesterday, we saw uh, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, uh, Mayweather. Uh, trend on Twitter uh, for obvious reasons. Obviously, it was uh, Logan Paul and Mayweather announcing their fight in the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Uh, they were doing the press conference and, and all that good stuff. And after everything was done, Jake Paul went up to Floyd Mayweather and called him out and said, gotcha hat. <laughs> and obviously, I'm sure you guys know what happened after that. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, this is the kind of stuff I do love. If you want to talk about like out of the ring stuff, I like this. This is entertaining as hell. When you sent me the video initially, which by the way was the first time I saw it yesterday, I lost my shit. I thought that was hilarious as hell, man. It's it's this is the kind of stuff that that, that boxing does need. I will say that. I still would love to see Jake Paul fight a legitimate fighter. Say an older Floyd Mayweather. That's still a legitimate fight. This is the kind of stuff though that Jake Paul can do that adds to his legacy, where he's trolling. Big time names like this, and then he can go and potentially back it up. I would love to see that kind of thing happen for Jake Paul himself, but just I think it was masterful because it's a marketing home run for the Paul brothers, and that's what they've been. They they've marketed themselves so well these last several years. There, there's no coincidence as to why they're where they're at now. And so, by the way, can I mention that Floyd Mayweather looked like Denzel Washington of the, the Book of Eli in that he was. He literally hadn't shaved or, or – and I, you know me. I'm a big bearded guy. 
But I was like, God damn, man, throw some oil in that shit or something, bro. You look, he looked busted as shit. Um, like homeless. But but this was perfect because Jake Paul immediately capitalized on it when he stood, stole the hat, used that same line, and created basically a clothing line out of it. And he's going to make tons of money off that as well. Gotcha. And, and here's the biggest thing, guys, that we have to remember. And Trevor, I want to get your thoughts on this, obviously. Is the fact that one thing I will give the Paul brothers is they're, they're, they're simply clapping back to these guys. Like Floyd Mayweather was the one that put, put the Paul brothers' names in his mouth first. Daniel Cormier did the same shit a few weeks back. These guys are just simply clapping back, and everyone's all getting on their ass about talking and, and being this way. You asked for that. You brought this out of these guys. What did you expect? These are entertainers. These are influencers. These are YouTubers. These are guys that talk and act for a living. Do you honestly expect they're going to sit back and let you bring their name out there like that and them not say or do things in response? Please, child, please. These motherfuckers live off the shit. They thrive off it, and you're bringing them into their own domain when you do shit like this. I love this. This I, is Mayweather's yeah. gonna mop the floor with Logan Paul. He's gonna mop the floor. He's gonna win that fight. It's not even gonna be close because he's an actual boxer. The point though is, is that with this buildup, I love it. It's like WWE all over again. I love it. Yeah. This is why I 100% agree with Conor McGregor when he came out and said because he nailed it, talking about. This is because this is why I don't think May- Mayweather is going to ever be respected as the GOAT because he's stooping to the level of these guys. These guys don't have to go to his level. He's stooping down to their level, and he's been doing this shit for years. Mayweather's been doing these gimmicky fights and fighting no-name dudes just to scratch <clears throat> no 10 mil, 20 mil, 30 mil fight. Mayweather's been doing this for shit for years. He's been fighting a bunch of – that's why I love Connor's quote talking about, you know, if a pro, from pro to pro, this is, this is embarrassing. If you would ever step up and fight a true pro – it's been years since he's even done such a thing. You know, it's true, man. This guy has delved into the gimmicky thing, and then he wants to get offended when someone snaps. These guys don't respect you because you're you're playing at their level. You're going out of the level. They're going to continue to be themselves. If he was above them and above all these gimmicky things, and if even even uh, uh, what's his name um, UFC guy that was just Daniel talking, Cormier, yeah, if Cormier was above this, he wouldn't even approach Jake. These guys are minuscule little Dan- mice. Dude, Daniel Compar- Cormier is capitalizing because this puts him in the spotlight. And they realize that, so I don't want to hear any bitching and complaining yeah, about it. Don't with, get offended if these guys don't respect you because yeah, you're the playing whole, at their Daniel level. Cormier, Cormier did say that whenever he saw Jake Paul, he was going to slap the shit out of him. Yeah. And Jake Paul was like, what's up? Yeah. And they saw him in person, and Cormier didn't do shit. Right. Well, because and, and, and that would have been the perfect time to do it. I'm you not know, trying to be Mr. Had his back. I'm not trying to be Mr. Technical here. But if Daniel Cormier would have put hands on Jake Paul, Jake Paul can can sue him. Oh, he would assault dude. charge. I'm just oh, he, I'm just saying it's not within the context of fighting because he, because he, he has a, he has professionally fought other players. They are both. Dude, he snatched Mayweather's so, hat in his face. Yeah, so like, they, he ain't scared they, of that they, shit. They, there, there's no. <laughs> I'm just saying Daniel Cormier made the right choice in not doing that because that could have gotten really ugly for him. So why say it? Because it was all talk. That's what I'm saying. I'm with you. I'm, Bro, I'm just side. saying. This is like me. This is like me sitting now with my daughter Scarlett and playing Roblox and not knowing how to play the game at all, and her just beating my ass and running circles around me, and me getting upset about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what Mayweather is doing, bro. Like you're going to their level, dude, and you're gonna get upset well, when they. One defense you know I mean? I'll give Mayweather on this is that he, unlike any boxer in the history of boxing, the dude knows how to go get the bag. But let's be honest, but, he, he by far is the most. The, the same time, boxer that respect comes with disrespect. Though, I get because it. He's he's been a gimmick fighter to for me, years. Mayweather has never been the goat because he never fights guys when right. he has the opportunity to in their prime. Well, once his hands, once, he, once he started, become, he, he was a knockout artist for a few years. But once his hands started breaking, he started getting fragile hands and had to wear those special gloves. Then he became Money Mayweather. Right. 
And he was fighting the bag instead of fighting for knockouts. The marketing genius that Mayweather is, I will forever give him credit for. But when it comes to boxing, yes, I'm with you. But when it also comes to boxing and it comes to him and Logan Paul, he's one of the most skilled fighters we've ever seen. He's He's going to absolutely mop Logan Paul. That's never been a question. That's never been a question. I'm just saying the gimmicky stuff, the the hype and all these videos. What Jake Paul did was what Jake Paul does. I do expect Logan Paul, though, in this fight, I do expect him to come in there aggressive as fuck. Because he knows the only chance he has in this if he knocks out Mayweather. Logan Paul is going to go into this fight thinking it's a real street fight. He's going to have to try to swing yeah. for a knockout. He's, he's going to go ham on this shit. So I do expect him to it's go in there, good. and at first, like, oh, shit. You guys remember the Peter McNeely versus Mike Tyson fight back in, like, 93 yeah. or whatever it was? When McNeely just went in there and started swinging, and you're like, oh, shit, he might get Tyson. And the Tyson put that uppercut, yeah. beep, that beep, piece beep. on and it was out, dude. Yeah. He was done, yeah. <laughs> but I do expect something like that. I don't think Mayweather's going to knock Logan Paul But you know well. Mayweather knows he's going to try to be aggressive. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's going to no, run away the whole time and get a little context, big piece. That's in the context of the whole shoulder roll. Yeah, yeah. That is in yep. the context, though, that this isn't an like, under-the-table under agreement, though, between these guys. Like, look, because Mayweather doesn't agree to fights now unless he knows he's going to win. So I have a hard time believing that they're going to be like, you know what, Logan Paul, go in there and try to beat the Christ out of Floyd Mayweather. There's got to be some like written agreement between them, like, hey, you know, wink, wink, don't let's not beat the fuck out of you. Let's make this look good for six, seven rounds, and then I'm going to win by a TKO, like the McGregor fight. Same thing went like eleven rounds. The ratings went out the fucking roof. Pay per view records, all this other shit. And then at the end, Mayweather's like, all right, I'm going to put you up against the ropes, throw a couple little you know combo plates on you. And we're gonna call this a night. That's what happened. I expect that to be the same. It's case entertainment. It's good yes. entertainment. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, we're definitely I'm, gonna watch it. We're definitely. Gonna watch I, it. I'm definitely gonna watch. Yes. Hell sure. yeah. Uh, so on Twitter today, uh, this was trending. Everybody was talking about it. I believe Kendrick Perkins was the one that brought it up. Uh, he said yeah. that. Uh, I believe he said that uh, winning the NBA championship is harder than the NFL. So my 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 question to you guys is. In your mind, what championship do you think is harder to win? This is one of the most unfair questions. To, not not your question, but what Kinder per- Perkins suggested is, is so unfair because you can't measure that. Every athlete has their own set of talents, and it's and it's. If you're to ask me, okay, what do I think is harder, uh, making a layup or hitting a home run? Obviously, I'm going to say home run because yes. Technically, that is harder to do when you're talking about a fast pitch ball or movement on the ball and you're trying to hit it 400 feet. Obviously, that's more difficult than me going up to a basket and laying it up. But when we're talking about winning titles, there's so many variables to consider. For one, a team aspect. In the NBA, if we're really breaking this down, if we're going to just because it's a conversation now, in the NBA, you you have to have stars. You have to have stars. In the NFL, you have to have depth. More, more. Obviously, you have to have stars in the NFL. I'm saying though that you look at the Buccaneers. They won because they outlasted teams. They were healthier than teams. They had depth. The NBA, you got to have LeBron James. You got to have Steph Curry's and stuff like that. So it's so different. Not just from a the fact they're two completely different sports, but the way that you have to build teams in order to win said championships. So Kendrick Perkins, to me, obviously being an NBA guy himself is going to be biased to the side of the NBA and saying it's harder to win in this regard because he's never played in the NFL. He doesn't know what it requires to win in the NFL. If we're being honest here, and I'm an NBA and NFL, NBA and NFL fan, avidly, there's no question it takes more on your body to play in the NFL and to succeed at the NFL level than it does in the NBA if we're just going from a physicality standpoint. So his stance... And I have to read his comments. I'm going to have to go back and read all of it because I didn't hear everything he said. I heard a highlight clip that they like to sensationalize. And I'm sure there's more to what he said than just that because they like to spin stuff to get reaction. 
just from the naked, just from the origin and the base of the argument, though, in itself, it's unfair just because of the fact, like I said, these athletes have different traits and different demands from their bodies that require that, you know, that, you, that is required in order for you to succeed and for you to win titles. So I just think it's an unfair argument from the get go. Yeah. Why don't we just throw baseball in there, too, and start comparing all these cross sports analogies? I, the, I don't even like that this quote exists. I don't because it's a non sequitur. It's a non starter. This is it. You can't compare which sport is harder to win a championship. That, you can only compare within the sport itself. It, 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 that makes no sense. It, it, it's a totally different sport. It takes a totally different skill set. It, it, one's much shorter than the other. One's much more gru- grueling on their body. One's much more harder to make it to the finish line than the other. Which, in my mind, if we we're really wanting to compare, like which is actually a tougher sport, I think we all know the answer to that. The NFL is a much tougher sport. So that in itself should end the conversation. If it's a tougher sport, it's tougher to make it to the finish line. Point blank. Period. That. But the, the the comparison is so silly. It's, it's like I said, it's a non-starter. You can't compare the two sports in which is harder to win a championship in either or sport. It doesn't. It doesn't. I don't even like the talking point. Is is like I said, it's non-starter. It makes no sense to even begin with because you can only compare basketball to basketball. The teams that face each other in basketball, and then it's an entirely different sport. Let's talk about lacrosse too. Is it lacrosse a tough sport, guys? Do you think it's you know tougher to win a championship in lacrosse than is the NBA? No. Like what? What are we doing? It's just yeah. a silly. It's. I just think it's one of those boring. People are bored, so they need something. They need like a hot button topic to throw out there. NFL season's, you know, getting ready to ramp up. You Camp's know it's May. Getting, you know it's May when this is the kind of shit. That's yeah, this is one. So. This is one of those things, man. It's just like, like when people like when when, like I'll even take the comparisons. Like if you want to compare like a player, like an impact of it, like the Steph Curry uh, comparison with 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 Patrick Mahomes that he got a lot when Patrick Mahomes first burst onto the scene was similar to how Steph Curry kind of burst onto the scene in the NBA. I, we can have that kind of conversation as far as impact of individual player, but comparing one sport to another when it's two totally different games, yeah. Like, what do you like, even base that like, comparison off? It's of, like, you know? which one's harder to win, Clue or Monopoly? What are we doing, dude? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, that makes that's such a stupid argument, a stupid topic to even talk about to begin with. It's a non-starter. Yeah, I mean, he just signed an extension, a multi-year extension with ESPN today too. I, I like Kendrick. Yeah, because Kendrick is, and here we yeah. are talking about it on our show, so it clearly worked. Kendrick is he's, that, he's, he's like very that, knowledgeable. He's, yeah, he's that, he has yeah. a lot of connections within the league. He's probably ended up being a reporter type of guy where he starts breaking news and things of that nature because he's done it before in the past already. He's got that voice too. Man. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. funny as shit. Yeah. And like I said, yeah, he yeah. obviously entices people with conversation. He's like everyone's so. co- like mumbling uncle at the cookout. Like yeah. that's what he is. He's, 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 yeah. LeBron James, so I see why. Yeah. And ESPN, let's be honest, guys. <laughs> ESPN is targeted personalities over journalism and things of that yeah. nature, which I don't blame them necessarily. Yeah. It's the way of the of the world now. So that's why Stephen A. Smith is the highest grossing sports personality in the world. He's making them eight, nine million a year mm. because of what? Because Stephen A. Smith is extremely entertaining. He was just in uh, General Hospital, I believe. Yeah, oh, that's that? his favorite show. Yeah, that's so his favorite good, show. So good, dude. Yep, that's, that's always Stephen, Stephen A. A's favorite show. Yeah. Busting caps in General Hospital. Great. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, I want to get your reactions to the Bills general manager saying he would release any player if they were not vaccinated. Well, that's, this is this is a good one um, because I have strong feelings about this stuff. As anybody that knows or follows any of my work or anything, I'm not afraid to speak my mind when it comes to societal obligation. Um, personally, I believe everyone should get vaccinated. That is a, a, something I very am very strongly of the belief of. Um at the same time, if I'm putting myself in the shoes of an owner, if I'm an owner of a, a corporation or a team in this regard, I'm not going to 
Because I feel that that's 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 uh, discriminatory because there people at the end of the day still have their own beliefs and their own feelings, and this is something that has to do with people's rights. And last time I checked, in America, you do have rights to do or not do things. And so I understand it's a private company. I understand those things, but people at the end of the day should have the right to decide what they want to do with their lives. So I don't support this, even though I am on the side of you should go get vaccinated. It's more of a like quick trip out here in Kansas City. Whoever's listening all over the wherever you're at, maybe you don't have quick trip, but it's a gas station here in Kansas City. Very, very popular. And they have signs on the doors that say masks are suggested because things have been lifting. Uh, people are getting vaccinated, things of that nature. And that's the biggest reason why. So a suggestion's great. If he came out and said, hey, I'm suggesting to all my players to go get vaccinated. I'm not sitting here combating this guy. I'm not sitting here fighting this guy. But because he's sitting here saying, I'm going to cut you and threatening these guys, to me falls in the same category of when they said, I'm going to kneel. And if you kneel, you're getting cut. Like when Jerry Jones said that about his players a couple years ago. To me, that's not right. I don't feel like you have the right to tell these people how to live their lives when it comes to stuff outside of football. When it comes to regulation, when it comes to, I don't want guys, you know, when you're in the game, I don't want you wearing this type of stuff because you're representing my team on the field. That's okay. I can understand. I can get with that. But when it comes to something that they take off the field and they have to go and live their personal lives that you don't control and that has a part of it, I'm not okay with that. So I think he needs to stay in his lane on this one and let these people live their lives according to how they feel is best. Yeah, I mean, how un-American can you get? I mean, yeah, cool, bro. Let's just let's just replace democracy with tyranny. Let's do that. Let's just let's you know let's let's let you just you know pick and choose who does what, and you can force your views and your beliefs and the way you see the system and the way the way you see how you want things. Let's just force all that onto everyone else. Let's not let anyone be an individual anymore. This is I, and I, I agree with the vaccinations. I think people should get vaccinations, but if people don't want to do that. I frown upon it a little bit, but at the same time, I'll give I'll dap you up and I'll give you a hug at the same time. I'm not going to sit here and try to force what I think should be done in other people's individual lives because I hate that shit when it's done to me, right? So I, this is that's a tyrannical statement. And anybody who, especially coming from a coach or a GM, anybody that has a, a, a position of power and they have a tyrannical mindset, it's scary, man. And I don't that's all that's going to do is turn his players off. And that goes down another rabbit hole that we can start talking about when it comes to race, when it comes to other things. Yeah. Like, how far does this go? Like, because right. if, you, if, you, you, if you have that type of control, then what else? Yeah. What else can you get away with as an owner of a team? Yeah. Like, that's it's a dangerous place, man. I think if, if, if my common sense is kicking in or his common sense rather is going to kick in, he's going to back away from these comments. Well, well that's going to do it also is spark a divide in the locker room because there's going to be certain players that are going to frown upon the guys. Oh, you didn't want to get a vaccine. Now you're causing a rift in our locker room. And bro, the Bills are on the precipice of being a contender. That's what I'm saying. You're, gonna, yeah. you're really going to cause a hiccup in the, in, in, in the trajectory of the, the Bills becoming who they yeah. possibly could be. And, and, I mean, the Bills are the one and only team in the NFL that has said that only vaccinated fans will be allowed yeah. in the stands. Right. Sure, and I'm, the fans is a different thing, right? That That's going to affect the fans and right. make them mad. You don't want to stir up a, 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 a cause a rip in your own locker room yeah. You're not as, as the GM of your These <laughs> fans, that's not their workplace. Yeah. You, know you know what I'm saying? Like, they have the right to but, not go. I do go think fans should be vaccinated no, to go to games, in my mind. But personally. this can also affect players' families because, let's say, players – don't believe in getting vaccinated and also their families, their families will not be able to go into the stadium because they are not vaccinated. So sure. this can also break that locker room mm -hmm. like you were talking yeah, about. But I mean, we just played an entire season where guys weren't vaccinated and that it wasn't a big deal. So, I mean, what are we doing here? You right. know what I mean? Like, we, <laughs> no, but, I, that, but I'm saying like with, they were going home to their families yeah. still like I mean, there was not even a vaccine. So right. what are we doing now? Like we can't, we cannot for it. This all comes back to forcing your beliefs and you, what you want on someone else. That's tyranny, bro. You cannot do that in this country. That's not what made right. this country great. And it's not going to – it's just – that's a backwards mindset. If he was to come out and say, 
you have to wear masks or I'm cutting you when you're in my facility. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Like you're in the facility at that time. You have to wear a mask. Cool. I don't give a shit about that. But when you leave, you obviously take your mask off, do whatever the fuck you want to do. I mean, encur- encourage what you want altogether, yes. but you cannot suggest you it. cannot make a statement and say this or that. You yeah. can't do that. man. I mean, you can. In but certain it, regards, like I, I don't want you coming here. You don't, can't don't do come that. to my facility and shoot up heroin. Okay, that sounds like a fair deal. Right, you know right. what I mean? Unless you're don't an organ. Unless you're an organ. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's all free out there. Yeah. Sure. All right, man. Next question. Uh, two more questions for you guys. Uh, so DK Metcalf has mentioned and has mentioned before that he is uh, going to try out for the for the Tokyo Olympics this summer for the 100 yard yeah, dash. Yeah. I believe he, I believe he's doing the. He's trying to get into the races uh, to qualify into the Olympics. Obviously, this has been met with so much skepticism. Uh, some saying he will get destroyed in the 100 yards by professional sprinters. I'm going to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, they're right. There's a different level of speed when it comes to being – like, he's fast. DK is fast as shit. Yeah. But there, there, there's a different level of speed when you're talking about him as opposed to a Usain Bolt type. You put those guys lined up against each other, Usain's going to dust them. That's what's going to happen here. And, it, and I love it. I love that DK is doing this. I think it's great. I think it's cool to see guys, you know, spread their wings a little bit and broaden the horizons and try new things and not regret that, hey, I could have tried that out years ago. You know, Tyreek Hill's even suggested it in the past. I mean, I would love – I love it. It's entertainment. It's cool. It's fun. He can go against legit sprinters and see how he fares. I'm rooting for him. But, yeah, if I'm if I'm a betting man, yeah, I'm picking the professional – you know, distance runners or short sprint runners, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I'm going to pick them over DK because that's not his profession. Yeah, it's a fun thought, but I think it's a bad idea for him personally. And I think it's if I'm his coach and, and, and you know, Pete Carroll and I – look, you're, these are things that people train their whole lives for. There's a certain muscle memory that goes into that, and his muscle memory is football, right? So if you go into this new training for this new type of running, this new type of strategy – uh, and he tweaks something or, you know I mean? Or he, he twists his ankle on the track or something. He's not, his body's not really used to. I know he ran track before, but his body, his muscle memory is built for football, right? And built to, to stop and go and run routes. And this is not, he's too I, big. I'm man. just saying that if he, if he goes out there and gets hurt, that that's a bad look. He, that's bad for him going back into his locker room. Say he misses a season, he tears ACL on the track or something. I mean, that, that would be horrible. I just think it's a, I think you need to stick to what you're doing at the, at, I'm not trying to tell him what to do, but I'm saying like my personal opinion, I think it's best for him just to stick and, and train for, 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 for football on the off season, get prepared for this next season. They have a lot to prove still. He has a lot to prove as a player still. He, I mean, Russell Wilson can't risk losing his number one receiver. Right. So, I mean, I, I think it's, it's a fun thought. It'd be fun to see it, but I do think he would get get. Burned. Oh, if he gets injured, Russell Wilson's like, yeah, get me the fuck out of That's Seattle. That's what I'm That's, saying, dude. This can't is, be here. <laughs> not the time for a Seattle player to get hurt. I like got that. sprinting wannabes for receivers. Get me out of this place. Get me out of I mean, here. Is that risk really worth worth the reward reward for him? I don't think so. And uh, last question. Uh, so uh, the Monarchs announced today that they will uh, allow 100 uh, percent capacity. Obviously, they're going to have a section dedicated to uh, social distancing if people still wish to social distance but everywhere else on the stadium will be at full capacity and now we've seen more and more stadiums come coming in and allowing up to 50 percent capacity uh in baseball games and hockey games uh is this great news for the nfl and for sports in general oh absolutely it's it's great uh, yes Things are starting to get back to normal. I know we still have our caution, and and anybody out there that feels, hey, I need a social distance, or hey, I don't feel comfortable going to a game right now, 
I respect that 100%. Live your life how the hell you want to. I mean, we're pretty consistent with that anthem right now in this in this segment. Um, but I, I do love it because of the fact that we are now getting to a place where we can get back to normal just from a health perspective. I mean, pe- hundreds of millions of people have gotten vaccinated. So it's now to a place where we can comfortably be in public and not feel a threat of I could potentially die from a horrific virus because I'm protected by myself and the people around me. There are a lot of responsible Americans out there that have done this. So, yes, as a Monarchs fan myself who lives a stone's throw away from that stadium, I love this. I love the fact that I can experience games again in person. So, yeah, as a fan, I absolutely love it, and I love that the Monarchs and other teams I imagine will follow suit are being conscientious of those people that still feel that way, and I I respect it all together. So, all together, I think it's a great thing, and I can't really draw any negatives from it as long as it goes the way we see it potentially going. Yeah, I mean, all of this as a collective is not only good for sports, it's just good for this country, man. The psyche of of our people. A long year. The mental health of our people. Yeah, getting people back because we're – we're a community. We're a community type animal, man. We are very. We are, you know, we're a pack animal, right? So we it, just getting people together with people again is just going to be so refreshing and just good for everyone's spirits. And then getting people together with people at a sports game or at a, at a you know something with, at, that involves sports, just everyone knows going to either a concert or a sporting event is the two two of the greatest things you can do as a group of people. Right. So it's, it, this is only good for the country as a whole, as the, as our people as a whole. Um, I mean, the athletes I'm sure are loving having the roaring fans back in the stadiums and the, the arenas. So yeah. And how about them called the Monarchs now? I love that. Yeah. Nice little Hell homage, yeah. bro. Paying yeah. homage to the, to the Monarchs of the day, old days, man. Yeah. I love it. So I'm stoked. Yeah. I me mean, myself as an individual myself right now, I, I cannot wait to go to a Chiefs game. I cannot yeah. wait to get out there and, you know, experience sports again live, man. Great Eddie Hour. I appreciate all those questions, Eddie. I saw that he dodged the, the Schefter question. That's okay, Eddie. We, can, had it on we here. can talk about that another time. I had it on here. We're just running out of time. <laughs> Maybe it'll be in the mailbag. Who knows? But we're speaking of that, we actually need to get to our guy Zach Stevens from DNVR Sports and DNVR Broncos. We got some questions, man. We're hearing some rumblings about Aaron Rodgers can potentially be going to Denver. We got to get some thoughts from somebody who's in the know. We're going to get to Zach Stevens right now. We'll get back to that after this. Midcoast Modern is a Kent City focus on modern handmade and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Hey, yo. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twoodwell, here inside the Spoken Studios with my guys, Trevor Twoodwell. What's good? Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. And we are so privileged, so honored to have a guy that I consider very confidently a great friend of the show. He's been on the show multiple times now, and we're just like, you know what? Let's let's bring him back on, man, because this guy's got the knowledge. It's a relevant topic. Let's make this stuff happen again. Our guy from DNVR Sports and DNVR Broncos, beat writer for the Broncos, Mr. Zach Stevens is in the house. How are we doing tonight, Zach? 
fellas, what's going on? I'm pumped to be on now because there, there's at least a case for the Broncos to maybe be competitive finally with the Chiefs. You know, I, I just shot it straight with you guys last year when, it, when I was on and said, yeah, Broncos really have no chance. Maybe with some developing news, the Broncos will finally have a chance against your Kansas City Chiefs. And let's let's walk right into that because there are, I mean, we just got done having a segment, a couple segments ago to start the show off in regards to our theories as to where we believe Aaron Rodgers is going to ultimately land up. And I think it's a matter of when, not if, that he does ultimately depart from Green Bay. I think this is the final nail in the coffin with their relationship being tarnished completely. And I think it's foobard at this point. And the Broncos have been the team that everybody at the national you know, media side of things has really been speculating. We've even seen Mark Schlereth go out there and talk about it. I, I want to get your thoughts on this, though. I, I, how realistic do you believe a trade for Aaron Rodgers is going to happen for the Broncos this offseason? Well, I think if you think it's win, not if, in terms of Aaron Rodgers being moved, then I think it is Aaron Rodgers becoming a Denver Bronco. I think it's very realistic, guys. I think the biggest hurdle is Green Bay accepting that they have to move on from him. And, I, and I'm right there with you. I mean, look, this is a guy that hasn't talked to his parents in years now. You think he's just going to get over this with the Green Bay Packers? No, he's a guy that holds grudges and doesn't resolve things quickly. And he is clearly in a place. Place where he does not want to be in Green Bay right now. And I think the Denver Broncos, I mean, you look at Vegas, the Broncos are the clear front runners. Uh, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, the Broncos are plus 150 to land Aaron Rodgers, whereas in Green Bay is minus 150. So Green Bay is still the favorite. But then you look at the, the team that's right behind the Broncos, it's San Francisco at plus 800. So they're saying if, Green, or if Aaron Rodgers is moved, the Broncos are the heavy favorite here. And I think the Broncos make a ton of sense. Not only have we heard Aaron Rodgers from, from someone in his camp saying that Aaron Rodgers would be okay with going to Denver along with Vegas and San Francisco, but you look at what Denver has. They have the pieces to make a move happen. They have first round picks. They have assets that they could trade. And also this is a place where it would be the complete opposite for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has been begging for offensive weapons. And for some reason, Green Bay has said, nah, we would rather make our, uh, our franchise quarterback back upset by not giving him weapons the Broncos guys they have a first round tight end they have a first round wide receiver they have a pro bowl wide receiver they have a pro bowl running back they now have a second round running back and they have they've invested a ton in the offensive line so this is a place where Aaron Rodgers would come and he would be happy to be here Let's say that Aaron Rodgers is the next quarterback for the Denver Broncos. And obviously the hype in Denver, the hype across the entire NFL landscape would just be chaotic. And I said in the first segment of our show that I feel that Aaron Rodgers, no matter where he goes, is going to tilt the scales in that conference. And I do believe the Packers ideally would like to trade him off into the AFC. I do believe that's where they want, you know, ideally to put him. Uh, but let's say he is here. Let's say he is in Denver. I mean, first of all, you're talking about probably the most talented division ever when it comes to quarterbacks with Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Justin Herbert. I mean, and Derek Carr, to his own respect, deserves some you know respect. But, I mean, if Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in your division, your division's pretty loaded at quarterback. But I want to talk about how much of a difference do you believe 
Aaron Rodgers would make. Do you see something uh, uh, almost of a replica of what Peyton Manning did when he came here? Because I know that Broncos team was a make-ready team. And granted, back then, Peyton Manning was going against the likes of Alex Smith, not Patrick Mahomes. How much of a – are you talking about a potential to where they would be a prohibitive favorite in the AFC West? Do you think that that, that still isn't enough to tip the scales in regards of the Chiefs owning the AFC West? This would be as big of a flip as I think any team has really ever had, guys, in terms of where they were without a quarterback and then where they would be with Aaron Rodgers. So I I think the Broncos are neck and neck with the Chiefs if they get Aaron Rodgers. Now, maybe not necessarily for this season. I think they'd be just a step below the Chiefs just because you need that, that full year to get continuity. This would really remind me of the 2012 Broncos, guys. That's the first year they got Peyton Manning. The team started off slow. Uh, you know, two two and three, and then they went on an 11 game tear, ended up 11 game win streak, ended up losing in the playoffs to that Raheem Moore play to Baltimore, which people in Denver, anytime you say Raheem Moore's name, it makes them sick a little bit because of that. But what happened the next year in 2013 was when the team just took off and Peyton Manning had all of those records, which Patrick Mahomes hasn't been able to get to just yet. Maybe he'll be able to do that this year. Uh, But that's how I view the team is they would go from maybe a team that's maybe fighting for the playoffs this year. I think without uh, w- without Aaron Rodgers, the Broncos are a seven to nine win team. With Aaron Rodgers, guys, they're competing with the Chiefs for the division for a, a spot in the Super Bowl. But I give the slight edge to the Chiefs this year uh, for for two reasons. Like I said, that continuity, and then also, guys, Patrick Mahomes is. Uh, I, I'm going to have a hard time saying that any quarterback is ever better than him. I think Aaron Rodgers is right there, but I just give the slight light tick to, to Patrick Mahomes, but this is a team that they should finally beat the chiefs at least one time in the regular season and end that disgusting 10 game losing streak that they have. Uh, they, this would be the biggest swing um, that it, along with Peyton Manning that I've really ever seen. Yeah, it would be crazy to think that you go from, I think if I'm not mistaken, Peyton Manning is the last Broncos quarterback to beat the chiefs. Is that correct? Yes, you, so, you are correct. So the, let's say let's say the uh, Rodgers led Broncos team does beat the Chiefs. You're going from Peyton Manning, uh, you know, that was there for almost you know five years, I believe, to Aaron Rodgers being the last or being the last two quarterbacks to beat the Chiefs from the Broncos. That's that'd be a crazy stat to never forget for sure. But I mean, here's my thing: you've talked in, you, we've talked many times on the show about the coaching situation and Vic Fangio and the confidence level that this team and and, and this this uh, fan base has. Well, we know something about Aaron Rodgers and his run-ins with, you know, previous head coaches as well, in particular with Mike McCarthy. I mean, how do you see that relationship working out if Rodgers was to be the next quarterback for the Broncos? Because we do know that no matter where where Aaron Rodgers goes, he's going to be there for at least three years because he has three years left on his contract. And I'm imagining if he continues to play at a high level, he's going to demand an extension. So you're looking at Aaron Rodgers being a quarterback for the next team he plays for for three to five years. How do you think Vic Fangio and him would pan out in a relationship? I think Vic Fangio would be the happiest guy in the world to land Aaron <laughs> Rodgers because right now Vic and his entire coaching staff is really on a prove it year with George Payton, his first year as a general manager. He's letting these guys prove to him whether they should be around in 2022. And I think what Vic would do is say, Aaron, you do whatever the heck you want on the <laughs> offensive side of the ball. And I think Aaron would absolutely love him because he wouldn't get in the way like Mike McCarthy. And so it would come down to Pat Shermer. And if Pat Shermer would be silly 
hairy enough to stand in Aaron Rodgers' way and not run the exact offense that he wants and let him call the plays that he wants, well, then Aaron Rodgers would, would rightfully be upset. And I think that they would easily get rid of Pat Shermer after this season. So it would be the complete opposite situation that Aaron Rodgers has dealt with uh, in Green Bay, where he's had to give so much pushback and still hasn't got his way here in Denver. It would be just like Peyton Manning. When Peyton Manning came here, the coaches didn't say, all right, Peyton, here's our playbook. They said, Peyton, what's the playbook you want to run? We're going to implement that. And we're going to make Adam Gase look like a great coach. In fact, you're going to make Adam Gase look like a great coach. That's exactly what the situation would be here because it's not like Pat Shermer has developed so much uh, street cred being in the NFL for all these years that, that he would force a system on Aaron Rodgers. That would not be the case. It would be Aaron Rodgers implementing that system. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, if he doesn't like Pat Shermer, well, Pat Shermer would be gone after this year. So I'm not too concerned with, with the coaching relationship there because it would work itself out pretty quick. How well did the Broncos do in this draft? Boy, that's that's a great question. Uh, I think, guys, if they're able, so what the Broncos did in the first round was they took a massive gamble. Of course, we all know the Aaron Rodgers news about him potentially becoming available and the Broncos having significant ties to that happened just a couple of hours before the draft. And so what the Broncos did in the first round by going after Pat Sertan, who I think is a fantastic player, uh, he's someone that you certainly need when you're going up against Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert for the next five or 10 or 15 years, however long that's going to be. He's someone that you need in your division but the Broncos took a huge gamble passing up on Justin Fields and guys Justin Fields was their number two quarterback on their board only behind Trevor Lawrence and I think it's because they saw the possibility of getting Aaron Rodgers and it's a huge gamble because if you get Aaron Rodgers having Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Sertan is way better than having Aaron Rodgers and Justin Fields there's no question about that but if you don't get Aaron Rodgers guys then you failed miserably. And so that would mean that you failed your draft miserably as well. So with it, let's say the Broncos get Aaron Rodgers. I love what the Broncos did in this draft. They got a bunch, a bunch of high, of very talented guys, high ceiling guys, specifically their first two picks. I love Javante Williams guys. A lot of people thought that he may be the best running back in this draft. And I think he's going to be the Broncos bell cow running back after this year, after Melvin Gordon's contract expires and Pat Sertan, you got to shut down number one cornerback. And then what the Broncos did uh, on days two and three of the draft was they went after very high ceiling guys. And why I like that is you're going to miss on a lot of day three guys might as well miss and then hit on guys that are going to turn into starters for you on day three instead of guys that are just going to be role players. So I like what the Broncos did there, but uh, the, the, this draft grade is going to come down to do the Broncos get uh, Aaron Rodgers. If they do, then it's fantastic. If they don't, I, I don't know how you pass up on a quarterback that you quote unquote love for a cornerback that you, you can never make sense of that in my mind. So it's, it's a huge gamble that George Payton took. If the Broncos don't land Aaron Rodgers, who is winning the quarterback battle between Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Rock? Oh boy. And this, this is one that I, I know is going to drive some Broncos fans crazy because you're going for the, the steady Teddy is what people are going to mm. be calling him here, but it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater because Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer are the guys that are going to be making this call and Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer, what they kept harping on last year was turnovers, 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 especially older coaches, defensive minded coaches coming, coming from Vic's side, the head coach. He just doesn't, 
doesn't want the quarterback to lose the game. And what did Drew Locke do time and time again last year? He lost them the game. He turned the ball over, had the most interceptions in the league, tied with tied with Sam Darnold. Teddy Bridgewater, while it's not like he doesn't turn the ball over, he still had 11 interceptions last year. He turns the ball over less and can be trusted more. And Pat Shermer has a history with him. They, they worked together in Minnesota. George Payton worked with Teddy Bridgewater. So I think we would kind of see the end of the Drew Locke era because if Drew Locke's a backup this year, guys, then he, he is not going to be the Broncos starter ever again uh, in terms of their future plans. I think it'd be Teddy Bridgewater just to, just to steady the ship and help Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer get to a winning record and help them uh, earn the, earn another contract after this year. Do you anticipate a max capacity uh, at mile high this season? I do. Uh, I do expect that the Broncos are expecting that. Uh, I believe Coors Field, where the Rockies play, they're expecting uh, full capacity, I think, at the beginning of June. And so I would think by the time football season rolls around, it, it will be 75,000 here at mile high. Do you support, because obviously this has been something that has been a very controversial topic. Uh, people don't like a lot of change when it comes to their football. Are you a supporter of the 17-game schedule and why? Mm, you know, it means one fewer preseason game. Amen. So I like that, guys. Uh, if we were going to have 20 games already, including preseason, might as well have an extra regular season game. And for the players' sake, you know, they're worried about injuries. It's it's not like you're doubling the season here. I mean, I think it adds uh, that one more game adds like 6% more play time. That doesn't really, you know, drive injuries up double. It drives them up, you know, 6% more. So I, I'm okay with it. I was never pounding the table for it, but now that it's here, guys, might as well have another regular season game instead of preseason. One final question for Mr. Zach Stevens, and we, again, appreciate all the time you give us whenever you come on the show with us, my man. Um, can we anticipate that one Zach Stevens is going to be in Kansas City this year when the Broncos take on the Chiefs? Because we got some barbecue. We're trying to buy a guy here. And I, I left that off on the show several months ago when we had you on last season. That offer still stands, Zach. I mean, what's going on here, man? Are we going to see you in Kansas City this year? Are we going to have to wait another year? I mean, I think I have to try the uh, the sandwich that's named after me, right, guys? Come on, the man, Z-Man. The Z-Man. I, I got to try that. So what I'm hoping for, guys, and I'll definitely be there if this is the case, if it's Broncos, Chiefs, in Arrowhead, and it's a game that matters, you can count me in, absolutely. Well, we got we got the receipts now. Well, I guess he won't be here because it's not going to matter. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't backpedal this one. We got you on recording, my man. That's Let's the beautiful go, thing I'm about calling podcasting. Aaron Rodgers right now. It's for Red Bird. If Aaron Rodgers is here, I'll be there. There we I, go. If Aaron Rodgers isn't here, I don't think that uh, the Broncos are going to be competitive come December. If that if that's what it takes to get Zach Stevens to come to our town, then I'm rooting for Rodgers to land in Denver. Because, I mean, I'm confident in my guy Mahomes. I'm confident in my Chiefs, regardless if Rodgers is here or not. I mean, ideally, I would rather him not be in this division to make things rather difficult. But if, it, that, if that's what it takes to get our guy Zach to come to town and we can buy him his own sandwich, his own self-titled sandwich, we're going to make this shit happen, man. I got I to gotta call some people up in Wisconsin and say, hey, man, pull the trigger on this shit. We got to get our guy Zach to come to town. Oh, man, I would be all about it, guys. Not only that, but I mean, finally, some winning football in Denver. I, I don't remember what that's like. And then you throw a Z-Man at me as well with some great company. I'm all about it, guys. The, the incentives on this one is almost as good as a trade that any team can give the Packers for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you could really make that case. But 
Nevertheless, man, uh, we really do appreciate you being here with us tonight. That is our guy, Zach Stevens. You guys can follow him on Twitter at Zach Stevens DNVR. He's the Denver beat Denver Broncos beat writer for DNVR sports and DNVR Broncos. As he says, a Colorado guy covering Colorado's team. This is a true Colorado guy. This is somebody, if you really want to follow the rival, you want to get some exclusive content as to what the Broncos are doing and what they're up to, this is the guy, man. We, we trust his his judgment and his opinions and all that. And that's why we have him on this show, guys. And we really appreciate his time. Zach, thank you so, so much, man. And we really do. I, it's, it's You said that they're the favorites to land Rodgers, so you might as well buy that, buy that plane ticket now to Kansas City, my brother. <laughs> well, schedule comes out and what? We're team minus five days now. Yes, I'll, sir. Uh, I'll be I'll be booking next Wednesday night, guys. It's always no. a blast <laughs> to join you. I, I look forward to this, even though it's going going on a Kansas City network. There's no better. There, there's no podcast I look more forward to than joining you guys. You're the absolute awesome. best, Zach. Thank you so much for your time, brother. You have yourself a great weekend. Right on. You too, guys. Thanks. Appreciate you. That's right. our guy, Zach Stevens. Give him a follow, guys. He's a great guy. No matter what team he's covering he's 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 our guy so we got the z-man ready to lined up ready i mean we already bought it it's sitting here in the microwave right now we're gonna give that same sandwich to him when that time comes that's months away so hopefully it isn't too bad but nevertheless we got to get to you guys the monday mailbag we'll get back to that after this casey hemp company your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hempco. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. It's time for the Monday mailbag. What we do each and every week is we give the listening audience the opportunity to take over the show for an entire segment, whatever you guys are want to talk about in, the regard, in regards to the world of sports over this last week. Man, you drop it right here on the Spoken Podcast, and we get to business. Eddie, what is in the Monday mailbag this week, my man? All right, man. Uh, kind of upset there's no uh, no Shaggy Shane today. Mm. What the hell is that all about? No, we, need, we need a story. We need a rendition. We need some kind of moon shift going on out here? What's going on, man? The world's not up, the same. Chief, he's okay. <laughs> we'll text him right now. Uh, all right, first question comes from Donnie Couch, uh, and it says, Hey, Lance Trevor and the other guy. <laughs> God damn. So you said that was Donnie? Yeah, that was Donnie. Oh, also, what even Billy this time? <laughs> bro, you got yourself a fan club. Fuck Eddie is the theme, bro. Donnie's uh, been back for like a cup of coffee, and he's already talking that shit. It's okay. I got Vaseline, and hey. I got fucking some Carmax. There you go. So, I'm okay. You can fuck all you want. Yeah. <laughs> Lubed up. Uh, how's that wig been? How's your wig been, Lance? Ben, it's been I'm, – I'm exhausted, but I'm glad to be here, man. This is what I look forward to every week. So thank you for asking, Donnie. I hope you're doing good as well, man. Good to have you back. All right, what about you, Trev? Well, my week's been good. It's been good. Been my good. Week, my week. Been, been good. Week. All right. Been a good week. Productive. And the, the question is, what is your guy's favorite day three pick? Casey made a uh... – yeah. Uh, shit, let me read that again. <laughs> what is your guys' favorite day three pick Casey made? Uh, obviously, this draft. Uh, mine was uh, mine has to be Cornell Powell. Well, let me let me first say this: that all three day three picks I absolutely loved. Let me just put it like that. Um, I think that the Chiefs absolutely nailed it. I talked about the, some freelancing that I did this week in episode two. Um, but I would say if I have to choose just based upon the value, I would have to say Trey Smith. Uh, out of Tennessee, the offensive lineman. The reason why is the only thing that held him back from being a top two 
uh, one of the one of the top sixty picks in this draft was he had blood clots, and obviously that's a legitimate concern. So I understand why teams are kind of scared off from taking him with a with a valuable pick, you know, in the first couple of rounds. But the Chiefs had got him in the sixth round. And this guy, again, has the talent, has the nastiness. Every single film, every single film study, every single combine report, every single uh, uh, scout that I have read and studied up on when it comes to Trey Smith have said nothing but positive things. And again, there is the caveat of, you know, hey, you know, these blood clots can be a scare for him and his future and the NFL. Maybe, you know, he won't be able to play a long tenured career. But if, in fact, he can get through that, you're talking about the Chiefs getting themselves a top-tier talent at right guard because we've had this concern about you know is Kyle Long going to be long for the world you know for the Chiefs is he going is LDT going to come back and be anything close to what he's been in the past there are legit concerns at right guard Trey Smith comes in and play I said this on freelancing guys I think there's a legitimate chance Trey Smith is the starting right guard this season yes, I'm talking about this rookie. Year. He's that good. He's not just a rookie. So, so I love He's, Noah Gray. I love the tight end the Chiefs went and traded up and got. Noah Gray out of Duke. I love him. I love Cornell Powell. There's nothing negative to take from those guys. I'm just very big on Trey Smith, and I think he could be the steal of this draft. And that's coming from Matt Miller. That's coming from Jeff Allen. That's coming from a lot of other guys that know this game better than we do. Yeah, I'm, I'm right on board with you on that one. I think he he, I mean, he was a first-round talent. He was, he was a top-10 All-American recruit at his position. This guy was a, was a first round talent, only slipped because of in the SEC, health scares. In the SEC. And him being a heavyweight guy, he's 6'5, 321 pounds, an absolute monster. So, I mean, I get it. A heavy guy like that with blood clot issues in the past, it, you know. But the thing I love about this kid, and I agree with you, him possibly being the starting right guard or right tackle for this team is huge. Uh, and I agree, that's a very big possibility. Um, he's just an absolute monster of a man. Um, He's been through a lot already in his life with his mom passing last year when he was at school. Him being able to overcome that, being strong-willed enough not to give up on his path and his journey. So that much more fuels him to you know to to live up to his expe- expectations and of not only his but what his mother probably thought of what he was going to become. So now he's got that chip on his shoulder and being drafted you know way later than he thought he should have been. This guy's gonna have a massive chip on his shoulder plus the talent that he is. The Chiefs absolutely. I think he was one of the biggest steals of the entire draft. He's already he's already explained this on Twitter. He goes, "I yeah. will never forget." Yeah, yeah. He, he this is this is the chip. He's got an entire bag of Doritos on his shoulder. And it's not like That's this guy. Yeah, and it's not like this guy landed place. on some shitty roster. This guy landed on a championship ready so you team. Know he's motivated. Yeah, I mean, the combination cannot be better for both him and the Chiefs. All right. Next question comes from Donnie Catch. Do you expect more of a power rushing attack from the Chiefs this year? Yes, 100% yes. You know why? Because the fact that they have the offensive line, they finally have the type of offensive line that can push at the defense and attack the defense. We only saw it a couple times this last season with the Chiefs when they faced the Bills and I believe against the Texans the first game of the season. It just so happened those are two of the weakest front sevens that they faced all year, so of course they can bully them around, even with backups. The Chiefs finally have the type of offensive line they can go against a legitimate, worthy opponent in the front seven and beat them up. This is the type of offensive line. It, it would not shock me at all, guys, if the Chiefs I'm, – I'm, I'm not trying to make predictions here yet. It would not shock me at all if the Chiefs led the AFC in rushing this year, straight up. That's how good and that's how great this offensive line I think is going to be. And that's how much belief I have in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire behind this offensive line and the depth that follows him. I believe in Darrell Williams. I believe Darrell Williams is a legitimate running back in this league. And now that he's going to have an offensive line that's going to give him A gap and C gaps and B gaps that he's never had before and be able to get that downfield running with that type of frame going against these corners and safeties and linebackers, I love 
the power running, and with Noah Gray being here now, the Chiefs can run 12 personnel with him, Blake Bell, Travis Kelsey. There's so many combinations the Chiefs can now go with. Andy Reid has maybe never had an offense this talented. And I'm, I'm even saying that with consideration that the Chiefs have a thin offensive or thin uh, wide receiver core right now. I think they're going to make some moves with that in that regard. But when it comes to running, when it comes to the ability to get that pressure off Patrick Mahomes a little bit, I think the, I think the possibilities are endless. So you're going to be okay with these draw plays now moving forward? Fuck yeah! Are you kidding me? This is why. <laughs> no, I'm, that's I, the biggest the reason, right. the reason why I hated There's him so much. Is, what, did play, play, what did I always say? What did I always say? They did not have the offensive line to run those types of plays. Yeah, yeah. We have a great offensive line. Run those plays. They work. See, that's the thing. I but I don't really think we're going to be that much. I think as long as Patrick Mahomes is at the helm, I think we're going to always be a pass first offense. I think we will run the ball a little bit more. As far as leading the, our division in rushing, I don't. Or the no, AFC, the AFC. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. I don't think we don't have. Power backs outside of Daryl Williams, we don't really have power backs. But outside of the Browns and Ravens, who in the AFC yeah, definitively yeah. can run the ball better the than the Browns? Chiefs. The Browns are like they run the ball like seventy five percent of the time. I think the Browns have far better chance leading the, the division in rushing than the Chiefs ever will. Because the Chiefs, Andy Reid's always been a pass first. I'm offense. just saying, don't be shocked. I just think with Patrick Mahomes being who he is, Andy Reid being who he is, I think I still fully believe that this. And I think. With uh, uh, um, um, Noah Gray coming out, I think he's going to be more of a receiver. I think we're going to see a lot more passing to tight ends and two tight end sets. I think this offense is going to be so fun to watch, but yes. I still heavily believe that this offense is going to be a pass first. Of course. But um, I do think we in, in, in running scenarios, when we know we need to run, we're going to fucking do it, and we're going to do it aggressively, and we're going to have way more success at doing that. I can't wait. Real quick, the, another sidebar in all this that I love also is the fact that this is also going to take away – even more possibilities of Patrick Mahomes having to run the ball. Yeah. We've said, how many oh, times man. has he led the team in rushing? Yeah. I mean, I can go look this stat up. I mean, he led the team in rushing when they won the Super Bowl in those playoffs. He led the team in rushing all the way into the Super Bowl when Damian Williams went off. Yeah. So that isn't going to be a thing anymore, guys. I mean, he's still going to run because he's mobile as Although, shit. I, I, but, I, I, I say that I don't think we're going to lead the, the AFC in rushing, but I do think Clyde could be the AFC leading rusher. Because a lot, of the, a, lot of the guys, teams, a lot of the teams in the AFC have split back. Fields. I'm telling you guys. I think Clyde could absolutely go off this next I'm, I'm telling you. People people still fight about that pick at 32 oh, overall. I, he's going to go off. I'm telling you guys, do not be shocked when Clyde Edwards-Hilaire puts himself in that echelon with yeah. some of these big-time names. Do I think not he's got a shit ton of receiving yards, too. I think I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Watch out for Clyde. All right. Uh, next question, Donnie Couch. Hey. Look at him. Hangs on. Call him butter. He's on a roll, man. <laughs> Uh, this is the last question, too. Uh, do you think it's time for Bobby Wood Jr.? No, I don't. I, I'm, I'll, I, let me put it like this. Let me put it like this. If he, if we hear tonight the Royals are bringing him up, I'm obviously not going to be opposed to it. Do I understand, though, why he isn't up here yet? Yes. He still has time to develop. There is really no pressure. Think about it, guys. When we walked into the season, the Royals had zero right. expectations. They're overachieving at this yeah, point right nobody, now. Yeah, nobody had the Royals 30 games in being the lead, the leader in the AL Central. Nobody did. Nobody. I, and I was one of the people that were optimistic on the Royals. I yeah. said they're going to win between 78 and 83 games. Now yep. they're probably going to win between 83 and 90 games. Now, obviously, they're on a skid right now, but that's baseball, man. Everybody has losing streaks. Momentum. Quit yeah. freaking out, everybody. Nobody had expectations to begin with. So, yes, I, I, I'm okay with them bringing him up now, but there's really no reason to. Yeah. He doesn't need to play savior. And quite frankly, you don't want to put that type of pressure right, exactly. on a guy where he's 19, 20 years old coming up here trying to save the franchise. You don't need that right now. Let him continue to rake down in there in the minors. He's going to have his time. It's inevitable. He will be up here at some point this season. It's probably going to be around August and September when they always do that with their young guys. You're going to see him get some service time. Let him ease into this because when he's up here, 
Motherfucker is going to be a superstar. Yeah. So let him take the time and, and and master his craft as much as possible in the minors. And when he comes up, I'm telling you guys, you're going to see yourself a phenom. Yeah, I think best case scenario is to bring the kid up when you're riding a good wave, not when you're on a slump. <laughs> that just that that's a first of all, that's a bad look for overall from the for the the club uh, not having faith in other guys that have been on the hot streak to start this year, not to kind of re, you know bounce back from the slump that they're in right now to bring it back up. I think once they get in the riding on another wave, a wind wave, that would be the time to bring them up. But yeah, I think calling them up here in the next, you know, 15, 20 games or so, once, you know, they get out of the slump and they start winning a couple games in a row or whatever, I think that would be a good move. But I mean, regardless, we're going to see the kid this year, and I'm excited to see what he could become for this city, man. All right, last question comes from Billy Hodge. Yeah. BFF. I, I honestly don't even want to read it. <laughs> I know what you're going to. BFF. <laughs> Say it, baby. Say it, Eddie. Say it with your titties. What's what's a guy going on? <laughs> um. <laughs> I want I want to verbatim, Eddie. I want to verbatim. Bite, verbatim. Give me verbatim. <laughs> verbatim. Bite. Um, hello, Lance and Trevor and Eddie. Oh, oh, I'm gonna go with that. Oh, come uh, on, man. That's way. I'm gonna go read it now. <laughs> nah, I'm taking over the mailbag. <laughs> Say hello, Lance, Trevor, and the kickstand. Hey, that's brr, what I like to hear. What free agent do you see the Chiefs going after to fill holes? Ooh, uh, kickstand fill look, holes. I mean, okay, June first is going to be the date you guys got to watch because that's when you see start to see these guys with the, when their uh, their uh, cap hits start to dwindle after oh. June first. Um, I don't know if there's going to be guy. I mean, they're going to obviously sign guys. Julio Jones. Cut. That's where I'm going to come. Yep. I, I, I'm not writing it off. I'm not either. Guys, I really do think there is a legit possibility that the Chiefs will trade for Julio Jones because, and I was reading up on this today, guys, there are there are legitimacies to this. It is going to be contenders that go after All Julio in. Jones. All in. He's got two years. Of, there's a three-year deal left on his deal. I think it's like $38 million in total. Yeah. But he really only has a two-year $27 million deal when you talk about his guaranteed dollars. Yeah. So you're talking about getting a top-five wide receiver for only two years, $27 million, and his trade market right now, I was always in the assumption it was going to be at least a first-round pick. Mm. It's actually sitting right now at a second-round pick. You're telling me right now the Chiefs could go and get Julio fucking Jones right, for could, a second-round pick? Like, the Chiefs should throw it, like, sweeten the deal. Yeah. Give him a second and a third-round pick for Julio Jones. I don't give a fuck because next year you know the Chiefs are going to draft a wide receiver if they don't get Julio Jones. Yeah. You're not going to go and just get a guy better than Julio Jones next year's draft. It's not going to happen. So you're going to have to, and, and given the fact that Brett Veach has not been able to draft wide receivers very well to this point, you also have to take that into consideration. And if you add Julio Jones to this offense, you already broke the NFL before the season began. You put him in this offense, all of a sudden you're not, there is zero weakness on this offense. Literally. you Right now, everyone can say, well, the Chiefs are kind of thin at wide receiver. You add a Hall of Fame player in his early 30s to this offense, they have zero weaknesses across the board on this offense. It takes, it takes care of so many things they don't have to worry about anymore. But for the sake of the argument, I could see the Chiefs potentially going out and signing D.D. Westbrook. Mm-hmm. He's an injury-prone player, but he's extremely talented. He would fit this offense very well. That would be the name I would throw out there as far as signings are concerned. Yeah, D.D.'s been uh, hitting the you – know, he's been kind of trending a little bit lately because he's 
He's a, he's a speedster guy. He fits this system really well. And Bashad Breeland, I'm sorry. But I, no, think, no, yeah. I think that's a foregone conclusion. He's going to be a chief. Yeah, and I'm also going to throw out there, too, uh, you know, one guy that has history here, one guy that visited here and hasn't been signed anywhere yet. Melvin Ingram, I still would love to bring Melvin Ingram here. We do need some defensive line depth. Justin I know, Houston. Uh, yep, and Justin Houston as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Those two guys I still would love to see in, in, in red and gold this year. I would absolutely love to have Justin Houston back. He's still got a lot left in the tank, and we need more depth at that position. We need more edge help, more – you know, linebacker help and more versatile guys, and both those guys are versatile guys, and they're both dogs. I would rather have Justin Houston than Melvin Ingram. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I like them both. They both are right around the same as far as their abilities. And there's but familiarity. Just, yeah, Justin's been healthier. He's been more effective. Yeah, Melvin Ingram is banged up a lot. Yeah. Uh, Justin's been Justin's played back to back seasons of all 16 games. He's had 19 sacks. Right high two off seasons. a great season last year. Yeah, I man. mean, yeah. So I um. Yeah, Justin Houston would be probably outside of Julio Jones, the the pipe dream. I would love. I mean, I've been a diehard Julio Jones fan since he came in his league. I love. He's still an elite, top tier, top three, top two, or number one receiver in the, in the league. Depending on how you want to look at it, the guy's insane. If he was in this system, it would be a literal cheat code. Um, so that was would be the one I would want on top of my list. But outside of that, yeah, having Justin Houston back would just be an emotional welcoming. To have that guy back, I mean, I love him to death, and I think the fans still love him to death. And it, yeah, I hope they get that done. To be honest, good mailbag. We appreciate you guys as always. And if there's any new listeners out there, you have some options here. You can drop your questions or concerns in the mailbag, or you can leave us a voice message on our Anchor app, guys. We'd love to hear from you guys and let us know what you guys think or give us feedback on the show. We always appreciate it. It's what drives us to do what we're doing here. I mean, we're 115 episodes in. So you might as well join us. If you're going to be alone for the ride, you might as well, you know, chime in because that's what it's, that's why it's called the spoken. You're a part of this. Speak your mind, guys. So we have one more order of business. I believe it's called Hold This Hell. It's time to hold this hell. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the who? The her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, pulsating oh L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant man. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. to hold this L, what we do each and every week to wrap each and every episode out is by giving out some friendly or not so friendly L's in the world of sports. Regardless of they're friendly or not friendly, we promise you that whoever in the world of sports holds these L's deserve these L's. Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo, 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 who is holding the L this week and why is it F1? Not F1. Fuck. It's going to be Real Madrid today. Uh, All right. That's, that's consolation. All right. Why, why is Real Madrid holding my L today? Well, because they're officially a retiring home. Uh, <laughs> all their players are officially old. Uh, we saw it in today, you know, in display uh, on to uh, Wednesday in the Champions League semifinal uh, against Chelsea. They were owned as soon as the whistle fucking blew f- to begin the game. They were owned the entire game until the whistle blew at the end. Their age showed. Uh, it was just bad for Madrid. Uh, they were destroyed in, in any sense uh, of the word destroyed. Uh, 
Chelsea missed so many games. That could have been a such a blowout victory for Chelsea. They just couldn't capitalize. Uh, they did end up winning 2-0 uh, with a with the aggregate score of 3-1. Uh, obviously sending Chelsea to the final Champions League final. Yeah, I, I know a Chelsea fan too. Let's go, Chelsea. Uh, and in frustration, uh, the Real Madrid fans, you know, uh, they they wanted to blame somebody, they, like of of this failure. So they went against. Uh, they went uh, and and blame everything on Eden Hazard because Eden Hazard plays for Real Madrid. He has dealt with, I believe, over ten injuries in the span of two years. Yeah, two years. Uh, has only played 32 games for the team, has only scored like two or three goals. So he's been a bust of a signing for Real Madrid when they paid over 100 million euros for him to, to get his services. Uh, and obviously coming from Chelsea, playing Chelsea in the semifinal, he went congratulated his uh, former teammates uh, pretty much on a, on a on a victory and going obviously to the Champions League final. He congratulated most of them that he played with. Uh, he was seen laughing, cracking jokes with the other, you know, with Chelsea players and stuff like that. And Madrid fans, Madrid journalists, Madrid anything, Madrid, they went after him and tore him apart. He came out, gave it a gave a statement saying that it wasn't his intention to to cause any any issues and all that all that stuff. I didn't see any issue with it because that's his former team. Uh, obviously, he's happy for them. To continue on, obviously he's also heartbroken because his team lost. But obviously, you know, if they crack a joke or something, and you're with friends, obviously mm. you're you're gonna laugh, emotions, you know. So a lot of fans took offense to that. Madrid, you know, being old, uh, all their players are old. Uh, they just needed to blame somebody, and that's who they're blaming for their loss. Uh, they're wanting him out of the Real Madrid already. It is what it is, you know. Take the L, homies. But uh, for that reason, for uh, losing against Chelsea, for being a retiring home, uh, this Real Madrid team has uh, got a long way to go. So for that reason, you're going to have to hold this L. Trevor Twidwell, who is holding the L for you this week, my man? Look, I would be remiss if we didn't touch on this during the show at all, and we were just happened to be talking about it before the segment started. Um, so I'm going to be giving a W out this week. Uh, and that W is going to go to future first ballot Hall of Famer Russell Westbrook. Um, I just want to congratulate the guy, man, on what he's done with his career, being through what he's been through as a player, not being an, an absolute, you know, stud coming into the draft. Everyone, you know, not being an absolute, you know, top tier pick, even though he was still fairly highly picked in the draft, but not being, you know, thought to be what he was, what he's become in the draft or in the NBA in his career, and then overcoming multiple knee injuries possible career altering injuries he's overcome all that he's just a freak athlete um him being one triple double away from oscar robinson's record at 181 triple doubles he's got 180 triple doubles that's in, that's in the same sport of guys like magic johnson jason kidd lebron james oscar robinson you know these are it's 180 he's gonna he, this guy's gonna finish his career with over 200 triple doubles guys that is unbelievable. He's he's already I mean get his jacket ready now because the guy's gonna go down as one of the greatest point guards to ever touch the hardwood. Um, and he's absolutely fun to watch. It's not like he's just out there stat padding. This guy is a hundred miles an hour, both sides of the floor at all times. This guy is one has one of the greatest motors I've ever seen. I have so much respect for Russell Westbrook. Granted, I don't think he's the greatest teammate as far as going and winning a championship. I don't think he has 
the best leadership in my mind, but as a pure basketball player, a guy that gets it done every night, will go out there and give you his all every single night, regardless of the wins of the game or not, the guy is going to do whatever he can do. Um, he, sometimes he gets in his own way, but the guy is incredible to watch. And I mean, the, and just looking at the charts here, the, um, the, these are the years he's averaged. So he averaged, he's had four seasons where he's averaged a triple double. Uh, 2016, 17 season, he averaged 31 or almost 32 points, 11 and 10. 2017, 2018, that very next season, 25, 10 and 10. 2018, 2019, that very next season, 23, 11 and 10. And then this year, 22, 11 and 11. It's just, man. The like, epitome of consistency. That's not, yeah, that's not just something you can just go do. Even if you tried your best to go pad, stat pad, not any, just anyone could go do that. Yeah, because no one else has ever it's done just, it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So his trajectory and the things he's accomplished, and including the years lost, this guy's had seasons off because of injuries, right? He's, he's missed damn near almost a couple, two full seasons due to injury in his career. Imagine if he didn't. He would have already done past this. He would probably already almost have 200 at this point. So the guy that's going to end with almost with well over 200 triple doubles in his career, in my mind, is a future first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm just glad I'm able to live in this era and witness all these great players at once breaking all these records. And it's just the entertainment is just it's, it's too much, man. There's so much great talent in the league at this point right now, and I'm just glad I'm able to witness it. So for that, I want to give the W to Russell Westbrook. So we don't have to do the W thing, but I just wanted to I just wanted to congratulate him and and, and give him you know sometime on the show I wanted to at least address it and the guy's just been incredible to watch man so kudos to him I appreciate the the positivity that Trevor likes to bring to the show but I gotta I gotta Shoot hammer down, in down. This, yeah I'm talking like pull boom like cause <laughs> man there's a lot of people that deserve an L for me this week and a lot of people are getting an L for me this week uh, we didn't touch on on the show I wanted to but I'm I, I guess I gotta use it. it I gotta use it to end the show so we all know the biggest, again, we started with the show. We had Zach Stevens on from Denver. We have yes, everybody talking about one particular thing in the world of sports. That is Aaron Rodgers, where the hell he's going to land, all this other shit that's going on. There's so many like side stories and subplots with Aaron Rodgers and getting back at the Packers, the Packers standing still, all this other shit. Well, we also know that we rely on reporters. We rely on reporting. And there is maybe no one. And, and the business better at reporting and breaking news in the world of sports than one Adam Schefter. And this week, he went on the Dan Patrick show. And Dan Patrick is without question one of the goats in this business. He's an incredible interview. He knows how to get the most out of his, uh, uh, his, his guests that he has on his show. Well, that worked again. Because Dan Patrick's show made insane headlines this week when he asked a series of questions, very simple questions, to Adam Schefter, who came on the show. And basically, I don't want to give you guys the whole transcript. You can go look this up yourself if you like. It's all over Twitter. It's all over the internet if you haven't seen it already. But Adam Schefter essentially says on Dan Patrick's show that what he reported on draft day was, one, intentional. He intentionally reported it on draft day. And, two, what he reported wasn't an actual – uh, a report coming from a source, but rather an accumulation of stories and things that he has been told throughout the last several months that we have been hearing. And then Adam Schefter immediately starts getting crushed for this. People are making speculations that he's making this stuff up, that he's hyping these things up, that he's embellishing on said reports or said accumulations. Can I, can I just ask this one simple question? <laughs> 
to everybody. Who didn't know what Adam Schefter reported? Everything that Adam Schefter reported, we already knew. So he didn't lie about shit. Yeah, the timing was a little intentional for sure. And he admitted that. He didn't lie about that. He didn't try to walk away from that. He did say that he reported it intentionally on draft day. Because he knew what that was going to do. It was going to garner a fuck ton of attention. But here is why I am so confident that Schefter didn't make shit up. Because guess who else is credible out there? Ian Rappaport and Jay Glazer. And guess what they did at the exact same time Adam Schefter reported what he reported on draft day? They reported the same thing almost verbatim. So what the hell are we even doing here trying to crucify Adam Schefter for doing his job? Fuck Adam Schefter. Talking about everything we already knew. Yeah, it just needed to be confirmed by the bigwig. Here's the reason why people are upset. One, he didn't tag a source or keep it, you know, anonymous. Well, sources are saying this. He didn't say that, and it was also on draft day. That's the only reason why people are mad about Shit, this. Adam, Adam Shepard can source himself. He, he's one of the most well-connected guys in the business, guys. He he reports on NBA shit. That's how connected this guy is. And he got Woj. They got Woj over the NBA, and they still have Adam Schefter dropping shit. What in the literal hell are we doing? I'm, I'm seeing stuff on Twitter. I'm scrolling. People are calling him a clown. People, are, And I'm not even trying to be Mr. Defend Adam Schefter at all costs. If he did something wrong, I'd be sitting here with you guys telling you, yeah, he fucked up. You tell me he's not in connection with Aaron Rodgers' agent. Come well, on when, now. When, Come on Okay, now. when Adam Schefter is 100% right and, and when <laughs> Rodgers is traded and when all this stuff comes out and it's all confirmed, which it already has been, you all just don't want to believe it. Yep. We can sit here and revisit this conversation. Until then, here's a little gift for everybody that doubted Adam Shepard tried to shit on him. Do me a favor and hold, hold this L. L. I had to bring that up on the show yeah, before absolutely. we got out of yeah, here. Man, the, show, the show went for a full circle. Unbelievable. Man. Yeah, I know. That was that was very poetic how yeah. we did that. Uh, it's almost like we planned this or something. Mm, um, it's a good show. If you guys haven't already, I, I don't like to – well, I'm going to anyway because this is my show anyway. Uh, a little self, a little uh, shameless plug here, man. I'm two episodes in now. I've actually taken on a new show uh, with the Kansas City Public Network. It's called Freelancing. Yes, it's pun intended, obviously. Um, and basically what it is is uh, anybody who's been following our work here at the Spoken Podcast for any length of time, um, there was, there was a, a phase, a, a time, a chapter in this show's history where I was opening up the show with some big exclusive rants that I had and kind of left Trevor and Eddie in the, in the, in the wings waiting for them to jump in on segment two. Going solo. I, I, I felt, yeah, I was, it was, it was a solo project, a solo act that I was kind of introducing into the spoken podcast, but now there is a separate show for that. So if you can't get enough of me talking, which I can't imagine anyone in the history of my life has ever said, if you can, if you want to hear more exclusive rants from my perspective on things in the world of sports on a weekly basis, every Friday before the Spoken Podcast airs, if you want to go to the Kansas City Public Network on Facebook and on Twitter, it will be streaming live on Fridays before this show, and then it jumps right into the Spoken Podcast. So you're going to get plenty of content from us here um, but like I said, guys, it's the second show that I've, I've added to the to the Rolodex here. We're, the Spoken Podcast is going nowhere. Trust me, we're, we're absolutely – this is going great. We're loving what we're doing here. This is only growing. It's only going more and more positive here, and we're only gain, gaining more and more listeners, which we thank all of you for sharing and for supporting this. It's just another act to the equation that we're putting into this thing, and KCPN – is blowing up, guys. We have a lot of talent, a lot of con- contributors. This thing is blowing up. Uh, we have a lot to to give you guys and to provide you, and it's only going to get better as this as this thing with the pitch 
is solidified this month. I hope you guys are ready for what the next chapter of KCPN and the Spoken Podcast as a whole, because we got some things to say, we got some things to do, and it's only going to get better and better as 2021 continues to go down. So in the meantime, for Trevor Twidwell, for Eddie Ortiz, for Zach Stevens from DVN, DNVR Sports and DNVR Broncos, for Clay Windler. Show me the money. <laughs> For the entire KCPN family, I am your host, Lance Footwell. The Spoken Podcast, episode 115, is done. Until next week, we out of this bitch. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned into the Spoken. I might actually stick. I might actually stick around for a little bit.